The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. What's happening? Good to see oh, you, Oh, it's my good friend. to see you. You look lovely. You oh, look thanks. invigorated. Thank you. Well, I went to the gym and, oh. you know, been been uh, eating well. I don't know. Nice. Trying to take care of the vessel. Yesterday was my first day that I didn't work out for a whole month because we yeah. did that sober October thing. Yeah. Worked out every day of the week. So do you, is that not your usual, your norm? Not usually, but I kind of did it in September to get ready for October to just like, get my body conditioned right to this idea that we're going at it every day mm-hmm. do you uh and do you guys have like a contest of like who burns the most calories we or something or? we can't have a contest because we just get too stupid <laughs> Bert drives me crazy and then I, I go psycho okay so we've decided no more contests because we did a contest that one year and we went we went insane I was doing cardio like seven hours a day oh my god yeah because it was a contest see how was, did you do and you did a podcast and yeah. and you have a family you just did yeah I'll just get up in the morning and bang out seven hours of cardio. What time do you get up? Then I was getting up at like seven. Damn. So I was seven and I was just going straight. I just have some caffeine and go straight to the gym. <laughs> That's impressive. Well, it was just, it was psychotic. We were just yeah. in competition with each other. It was yeah. totally unsustainable. I don't have that edge of like, I mean, I can power through some stuff. Like I, I was actually working out it on it for a little bit uh, and I liked it. But um, after, like, the two-hour workout, and, and then, like, we didn't stretch, you mm. know? And then I'd, like, go home and stretch, and I was like, I just didn't have that much time in my day yeah. to dedicate to it. But, like, it's impressive that you can just power through your discomfort. If, like, if you don't want to go, you still go, right? Yeah. I'm not good at that. No? No. That's the key. <laughs> I know. The key is to like not have a way out. And one of the things about this contest thing, or well, this uh, sober October thing wasn't a contest, but we had to do a 500 calorie workout every day. So you had to burn 500 calories, which is if you do sprints on the Airdyne machine, it takes about 45 minutes to hit 500 calories. Oh, okay. So it's 45 minutes of 20 second sprints, 10 second rest. 20 second sprint, 10 second rest. Yeah, or you could lift weights, which is way easier, but that's more like an hour and a half. That's my favorite mode. Lifting weights. Yeah, 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 and it's the best results for me too. Like, I hate running, but if something happens in my life and I'm like enraged, I'll just run five miles without even blinking. Mm. I will just like blackout run (laughs) because I'm so mad. Well, running is like (laughs) one of the best things to alleviate anxiety. Yeah, yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah, you just get that. Yeah. Because if you really push really hard, it sort of wrings out all the shit in your body. It's mm-hmm. all the fucking tension. It's like a, yeah. like a washcloth just wrings it out. Did we ever talk about uh, um, Dr. John Sarno's uh, healing back pain? Yeah. There's like some, like some of it's, some of it is very applicable and some of it is like, all right, I could probably also have a back problem. Yeah. <laughs> I think both of those things are true. Like I, I heard people talking about it in a very like, factual way like right. your back pain is all mental like no right some people have bulging discs and they push against their nerves yeah. and they have real problems sure 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 yeah and then some people do have some weird sort of psychological thing where they're like tensed up and their oh, back yeah. is fucked up and it's all in their mind well i've definitely had like in the middle of like an argument with a family member like all of a sudden my neck just starts locking and it's mm. like down my shoulder blade it's like a specific area yeah with a specific familial 
wound. <laughs> Isn't it funny how when, if you look back on those moments, though, like how trivial they really all are? Those oh, sure. things that fuck you up and get you tense and oh, yeah. get you mad. Yeah. Like in the overall scheme of things. Yeah. Are you in the contemplate your death once a day and then everything, the whole landscape <laughs> no. of your worries no. <laughs> I don't changes. do a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. I do that sometimes. Contemplate your death. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then I'm like, oh, none of this shit matters then. I mean- Definitely really? most of it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's just in the moment, it seems like it matters because it's the most pressing thing that's on your mind currently. And, it, you know, especially if you don't have power over what's happening or if something's going on that's beyond your control, mm -hmm. it's uh, overwhelming sometimes. So it becomes yeah. the, your primary focus. Mm -hmm. I got really good at stuff like that. Well, not really good. I don't want to toot my own horn. But um, my husband is a, he's a tough guy. And because he's had to be. And he has taught me so much about boundaries, which have been lacking for most of my life. And I've, setting boundaries for other people? Mm -hmm. mm. And for myself as well. But, mm. but like having this like somewhat of a doormat kind of life, me being the doormat, because um, I love everybody so much. So I, I get myself into trouble with, um, you know... Uh, wanting to help, I guess, and, mm. and then, like, getting in this, like, washing machine of dysfunction, you know, with my family or, or you know, like, not the right kind of friend. And uh, I started getting good at, like, saying, hey, this is how, this is where I'm, I'm drawing a line. I love you, but this is the line. And uh, my, uh, my worries have changed in my dedication to that, which was really hard, you know, because you don't want to, I, I don't want to let people down. How many people are you having to let down? Quite a few. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Well, you're very nice. That's probably part of the problem. If you're very nice, one of the things that happens is you people use you as their solution. Correct. Yeah. Which is not fun. And I, and I want to help because I know a lot of stuff and I want to share it. And then, and then they get mad at you still. Like you kind of become like this mother figure thing. Oh. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm learning about myself too and, and, and what that means for me and, and my ego. And, and like it's, it's very humbling. But- you know, I've kind of got like a pit bull for a husband who helps, you know, defend me against those poor choices. <laughs> well, that's good, though. You it's got someone nice. looking out for you. Yeah, yeah. That's that's important in life. Mm -hmm. You know, and sometimes you see the way people live their life and you're like, oh, well, I got to get more of that in me. Mm -hmm. Like, well, how do I do more of that? And like, if you live with the person, it's like if it's your husband, like it's easier to model. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he does it. I'm going to fucking do that too. Look, he's right. Look, yeah. there you go. Yeah. And then it's like. Well, we balance each other out in that way. Like, I, I soften him up a little bit and he toughens me up. Mm. And it's nice. That's good. Yeah. That's the yin it's... and yang of life, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice when that works out. It sucks when people are two yins or two yangs and just fucking rah, or they, mm -hmm. they, you know, accentuate each other's mental illness. Oh my God. That's Fucking A. A lot of relationships. It right? really is. Yeah. Every day is like the dedication is balanced. Like, is, you know, whether we're up against uh, our own discord or the world, you know, like you could pick up your phone, right? And just be like set off in, in seconds. Yep. Into some labyrinth of someone else's thoughts or agenda, Easily. and I'm I'm just so over it. I'm yeah. so over it. And then you have to come to the realization that some people never fix any problems; they just have new ones. 
Oh, absolutely. And those people that's like, this is like a fundamental error in the way they approach life. And your help is not going to fix that. I think that's the same people that are still obsessed with COVID. <laughs> they moved it to something else. And then they moved it to COVID, which was like this yep. undeniable wet blanket of escapism. Because yeah. you could get, everybody can get, you can all get mad. And then and then blame it on other people. Yeah. yeah. Fucking over that too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so over it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, there's, it's interesting seeing even people that were like hardcore vaccine advocates that are now saying if they had known that it didn't stop transmission, it didn't stop infection, and it, you know, it only lasted X amount of months, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have done it. Sure. And that they really weren't at the same risk level that they thought they were at mm-hmm. when all that shit was being forced on people. Now the CDC's recommending it for kids. Oh, it's so stupid. Putting as far as like the kids' vaccine right, schedule. Right, right, right. Like, well, that's because that, that's that liability thing. Um, do you know about that? Like the reason that they uh, got that approval is is so it like covers their asses for some long game liability if there's side effects to it. Um, I'm kind of How butchering that, but there there's some some legalized. Um, upside to them making it a mandate or you know a recommended vaccine for children, along with polio or you know tetanus. It's it's really fucked up. Where did, was I listening to that? I think it was No Agenda. Yeah, it sounds like No mm-hmm. Agenda. Sounds like. But I just Adam butchered it, so about. sorry, guys. <laughs> Adam's um, the man. Yeah, they're both great. Yeah, I love that dude. It's but yeah that. It's probably part of it. There's probably some sort of legal reason why they're well, doing it. Well, I'm just kind of, I think it's interesting, you know, now that there's this, like, you know, amnesty thing with COVID, like, trying to just be like, let's just all say we're sorry. And, yeah. you know, like, people had to watch their dying loved ones pass on their okay. iPhones and yeah. shit. Um, and, like, I'm not, I'm not, like, I don't know. I was already over it. Like my industry, like I, I'm not vaccinated. So I got, you know, I lost tours. I had like a good deal of momentum that was taken out of my last record, which really sucked. But I'm really glad I made the choice I did. And, you know, nobody's, nobody's like, nobody's like knocking on my door to apologize or anything. Not that I need it. Well, it's it was just, just a weird time. Yeah. You know, there's so many people that had such a high level of anxiety already and then COVID came along and that was just overwhelming for them to deal mm-hmm. with this existential threat sure. that you can't control that's everywhere and it's invisible i mean it had all the all the elements that you needed to really freak people out that were oh, already yeah. afraid mm-hmm. and some people just aren't that resilient no they're not you really can see that now yeah. uh i feel like i lost a lot of good guys out there <laughs> not really i don't think you did but but the people that you lost from that it's like they, you know, come on. Well, you know, at at this point, I'm amazed at the like snowball of of you know fear and the and the way people were so easily controlled. And then you throw in your like freedom of speech, and now you can't say it, you can't talk about it, you can't mm-hmm. talk about this, this, or this without people uh, going nuclear on you and yeah. and like getting a whole gang of maniacs who disagree it's like why can't you just disagree yeah you know like it's pretty yeah it's 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 
pretty, you know, Orwellian. And also um, I've been reading a lot of Greek mythology lately, and it's just like a Greek tragedy, you know, <laughs> like the madness of the gods, mm. you know. And then, like, you know, COVID kind of became this god that made people nuts, you know, this, like, invisible like force. Curse. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, um, you know, created a, a cult following. It also exposed a serious problem that people have with their own personal health. So many Absolutely. people just don't take care of themselves. And those are the people that were the most stressed out because they had the most to lose. They were the most at fear. Sure. Because they've been spending so much time eating shitty food and living mm -hmm. a sedentary lifestyle with a mm -hmm. very vulnerable immune system. Mm -hmm. So something came along like this and they wanted everyone to protect them. Right. You know, and that's part of what it was. It's mm -hmm. like, you're going to get me fucked up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like that. That was the threat. People like, wear your fucking mask. Like all that shit. It's really strange. Like, I, yeah, people I've known for years and years and years, like lost their fucking minds. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. It is suffering. It's good to know who, <laughs> who can keep it together. Right. Right. right it's right. good. I, I, I appreciate those moments of clarity. Yeah. Because, you, you know, and it's also good to see people lose their fucking minds and then regain them. Mm -hmm. And go, yeah, you know, I was a little out of line there. Sure. You know, and just realize that. They oh yeah, well, got good. Be accountable. That's great. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. You know, that's the way through. The other stuff I cannot hang with. I just wish people would like recognize, like in mass, that this is a real issue with personal health, and you should take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. You should exercise regularly. You should take vitamins. You should eat well. Eat good food. Drink well, there's a water. whole, you know, there's a whole agenda, uh, you know, anti-health. Like if you're, uh, if you're, if you go to the gym and you're into eating well or eating carnivore, you must be a racist Republican. <laughs> you know, like there's, there's a whole Is identity really? attached to it. Yeah. If you work out, you must be a Republican. Yeah. There's all kinds of like it's it's this. Seems silly. Oh, it's very silly. It's just, it's just very an excuse silly. for not taking. You got to let yourself go. Oh, you should? In order to prove your, uh, you know, your dedication to doing the right thing. How does that make any sense? <laughs> I get, you know, I get the whole body positivity thing. Like, you should be happy with your body. Yeah, you should. Be happy. But you also should take care of yourself. It's, like, better. It's, it's like, fundamentally better. Undeniably better. Sure. Take care of yourself. You're more resilient. Yeah. And if you did take care of yourself and you went into this thing healthy, you, you were less threatened. You oh, know, yeah. That's something we found out. It's like that probably applies to most things, kids, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. except like the Spanish. Absolutely. Well, and just, yeah, your overall mental health. I think the Spanish from... flu was actually worse if you were healthy. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. The Spanish flu was a weird that. one. I think the Spanish flu uh, primarily attacked people that were young. Like it did something to your immune system. Like if your immune system was young and strong, like it mm -hmm. actually fought against your immune system. We got lucky with this one. This this one was lucky because it actually favored people that were healthy, and including children. Favored people that were young and resilient, and really, really fucked people up that were overweight more than anything. People that were fat. You know, there was a thing about COVID the way it interacts with fat. It actually replicates in fat. So, like people with uh, fat got a, a higher dose. It was oh, like really? a higher viral load. <clears throat> Figure out what that was, Jamie. Like something about being obese uniquely targeted people for COVID. It's something about this particular virus, the way it affected obese people, which is like 78% at one point in time of the people in the ICU, they were obese. Right. Which is wild. Right. But yet 
we live in this world where you're not supposed to talk about people being fat as being a real problem. Right. And you're supposed to, you know, not fat shame people. It's like. Well, you know, some of that isn't. Here it is. I uh, want to say, okay. SARS-CoV-2 infects fat tissue and creates inflammatory storm cloud. Stanford medicine scientists finding could explain why obese people have a higher risk of SARS-CoV-2 infections and are more likely to progress to severe disease and die of infection. So it shows that SARS-CoV-2 can infect human fat tissue. This phenomenon was seen in laboratory experiments conducted on fat tissue excised from patients undergoing bi uh, bariatric and cardiac surgeries and later infected in a laboratory dish with SARS-CoV-2. It was further confirmed in autopsy samples from deceased COVID-19 patients. Obesity is an established independent risk factor for SARS-CoV-2 infection as well as for patients' progression once infected to severe disease and death. Reasons offered for this increased vulnerability range from impaired breathing resulting from the pressure of extra weight to altered immune response, responsiveness in obese people, but the new study provides a more direct reason. SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, can directly infect adipose tissue, which most refers, refers to as just plain fat. That, in turn, cooks up a cycle of viral replication within resident fat cells or uh, adipocytes uh, that cause profound inflammation in immune cells that hang out in fat tissue. The inflammation converts even uninfected bystander cells within the tissue and into an inflammatory state. With two out of every three American adults overweight and more out of four in 10 of them obese, there's a potential cause for concern. Durr. I feel like, um, well, first of all, that's wild, fucking wild. But, you know, part like I'm always amazed at those photos of like people in line for a concert in the 90s or, you know, and then like juxtaposed next to something this past year. Yeah. Harry Styles. I don't know. And there's a distinct difference in body type. And people are still eating the same junk food now that we were then. Like we still ate fast food then. We had all kinds of, you know, sugar and things in our diet and sweets. But I'm really interested in what's in our processed food. Um, like seed oils and things like that. Oh, and, we've been and harping on that ad nauseum on the podcast. Yeah, lately. well, then let's move on. I don't know. No, it's okay. But I, I, it's a new thing in my life. So, you know, I, I uh, love Ways to Well. I freaking like yeah, they're great. They've been life changing. It's the best uh, medical care I've ever had. Like since I was a kid and I had our like, you know, local doctor in Did Ohio. Did you do like a deep blood work panel? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. yeah. And I've just. Uh, I did a food intolerance test and I learned all these things, but like canola oil was like a hugely irritating thing because I always have fucking stomach aches. It's irritating for everybody. Right. But yeah. it's in everything and it has all these different names. Yeah. Um, but like, the you know, sunflower oil and rapeseed oil, like mm -hmm. all that shit. Like yeah. rapeseed oil is like one step away from shit we put in our cars. It was in it's originally crazy. invented as industrial lubricants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then so, they decided to feed it to people. Right. So no thanks, and you know I'm all I'm just fascinated by that stuff because like I go through these phases where, um, like if I just if I'm on the road or something like I'll start breaking out and like I'm getting acne like I'm a teenager. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And it's just whatever food I'm eating, my body yeah. doesn't like it. But recently, um, Nick and I did carnivore for a while, and oh my god, I like I've never felt better. <laughs> yeah, have you cut out I all felt that shit. So good. 
But if you cut out all that shit and then eat salads with uh, olive oil and balsamic vinaigrette, you'll feel great. Yeah. Like, a lot of people eat salads and they think they're doing well and they pour fucking seed oil all right. over it. Right, That shit's terrible yeah. for you. All Whenever you do that, there. I had a salad yeah. the other day and I was like, I know I'm going to hate this because I know they probably put some whack-ass dressing in it. <laughs> and then after I ate it, I was like, yep, there it is. There's yeah. that discomfort feeling. Oh, yeah. I wanted yeah, a salad and I ate poison. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. I don't I don't like being knocked off course. Like, I've just too much I want to do. So, yeah. You know, then I was looking at like peanut butters. Believe it or not, Smucker's natural peanut butter is the only one I could find that had just peanuts and that's it. Yeah, I know you're not supposed like peanuts aren't the best for you, but you know when they're I not, need, I don't think they're when bad I need some for protein. You if you don't have a peanut allergy, are they bad for you? There's there's better nuts, but yeah. I ways to well learned a few of those are not super good for me. Almonds so, and I, we don't get along. Almonds, you don't get along with. Nah, it's really? a bummer. I know. Interesting. Yeah. Supposedly, if I lay off this stuff, also eggs was a big one for me. Eggs. And I, I, I was eating like five eggs every morning after the gym, and but my stomach always hurts. So. <laughs> wow. So you have an allergy to eggs? It's not quite an allergy. It's an intolerance. Like they have this IgG scale that they mm. they run two or three hundred different the test I did different foods against your blood, like my blood, not just my blood type. And um, they can show me what clashes. Garlic was one of them, and I'd rather Damn. I'd rather uh, run my face into a wall because I'm Italian and I love that shit. <laughs> I, I was mad when I I was like garlic. What the? Oh! <laughs> like, come on! And I was like, I won't give. I won't give. I'll quit. I'll quit the pastel cartel vape, but I will not quit my garlic. Um, but yeah, uh, but it's been interesting to cut it all out and feel really good and. But supposedly, like you can you can cut it out for like three months and then maybe reintroduce it and see what happens. Well, that's the elimination diet, thing. right? And that's the whole reason why carnivore works for people because mm-hmm. you're basically breaking it down to just meat. Yeah, meats were all greens for me. Yeah. I had no no problems. Yeah. So I go to uh, Hudson Meats near our house, and it's all local and it's fucking delicious. All the sausage and steaks, and it's just like. It's right there in the fridge, just throw it in a pan. There's a lot of cool shit in Austin where you can find like local places where, like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is from a farm outside of Bastrop. Mm-hmm. That's where they raise their steers. And yeah. it's like, oh, great. Yeah. You know, like, buy it from the people that actually made it. Yeah. It's not getting shipped from Argentina or something, right. you know? It's beautiful out there. Have you ever been out there? Bastrop or uh-huh. Argentina? Bastrop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have. It is nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's the cool thing about someone, someone said something about, uh, keep Austin weird and surrounded. And the idea of uh, Austin being surrounded by real Texas, I think, oh, really okay. weighs on Austin because there's a lot of freaks here. For sure. They have the, very dis- a lot of Beto signs. Oh, yeah. You know, you, know, you drive yeah, yeah. around in East Austin. Quite a few. Fucking- I don't, I'm just so <laughs> amazed that people are supporting someone who's never been elected for anything. And he's silly. And, he, and he's, he's like, like a bandwagon for whatever yeah. is trending. Like, Get your fucking head together. He's a politician. Oh, clear, it's so rough. He's a guy who's like doing open mics. That's what he's oh. like. He's like never really done the job, but he's out there doing those open mics and, and, and doing it like an open micer. He's like a, a like an amateur. Like the I way think... he does politics, it's like so fucking Well, contrived. they're all like that. Like yeah. it's just so, it's a shit show. And mm-hmm. it's really hard. Like I just have to turn it off. I, I try to be as informed as I possibly can, but like watching this stuff is is so crazy. Like like the 
the Nancy Pelosi, Paul Pelosi thing is just like, oh my God. Have they sorted out what happened yet? Well, I, I, all these conspiracy theories that he knew the guy and the guy was in his house because yeah. he was his lover. There's all these. Weren't they in their underwear? Well, one of them was in their underwear. Right. Were they both in their underwear? <laughs> well, what I had heard, see, I, I can't like speak factually on this, but what I'd heard is that there were. Uh, you uh, interrupting, Jamie? You no, know I was something? Waiting. I was just going to wait. But this morning they said <clears throat> there's video that the Capitol Police saw. Of him breaking in, like oh. they have it on video. Oh, okay. so the guy well, did break into the house. Yeah, so just, they haven't shown it yet, I guess, but it is on video somewhere. So it's not his friend. I don't believe so. I think that he just maybe said that when, like, it was overheard on the nine one one. Well, call. either way, like whatever the whatever that is, like the way that the news is presented, the way that they talk about this, and then they try to thread in all the other things that, that are part of their case against, like, Democrats against Republicans, Republicans against Democrats. Like, they all, like, no one can just talk about one thing. You have to have right. this whole word soup of your of your stance in the world, and you got to be on this side or that side. And well, it's because we're so close to the midterm. I know. It's just so annoying. I just, it's a week away. I know. Yeah, so I'm everybody's aware. freaking out. I know. <laughs> everybody's freaking out. People are mad at me because I said it's going to be a red wave, like the elevator doors open up on The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> and they're mad. I'm like, I'm not saying I want that. I'm just saying this is what I see. Like, you got to recognize what's happening, folks. People are getting sick with this woke ideology getting oh, crammed down everybody's fucking throat. It's the worst. And if you don't think that's the case, you're probably on that. You're you're on that bandwagon. Yeah. If you don't think there's something really wild going on. What's sad is that um, I I used to really be so scared to talk about this stuff. And, like, now I'm at this point where, like, I got nothing to lose. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I don't um, – it's just, like, having logical conversations around this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, feelings are not facts. Like, they're just – they're not. And the way that – um, you know, people are running rampant with their emotions and, and ruining their lives as well as others, you know, is, is so dangerous. And I really, um, want to be able to have conversations and also be wrong and be like scientifically told that I'm incorrect, you know, around all of this stuff. But it's, it's so sad. I mean, people are so angry and, and, you know, yeah, it's just social contagions and, and mental illness. Um, It'd be really weird if we find out this was engineered. It'd be really weird if we find out that foreign countries have been infecting I'm sure media. it is. I mean, like, think about it. Like, think about how wrapped up, how easy it is to get wrapped up and not be exactly sure what thoughts are your own mm -hmm. from looking at your fucking phone. Yeah. You know? And to have a group of people that you identify with that have a very specific ideology that they support mm -hmm. and if you're on that side you must support that ideology right so when certain things come up you just say yes this is what i'm supposed to say mm -hmm. and you haven't thought about it and then quietly when people are alone they go well, i don't know about this yeah yeah that's a cult <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a cult it is a cult it's very similar to a cult yeah it's very similar to a lot of you know mental contagions because that does happen with people that's you know, we're a fucking very strange species. We're very easily influenced and malleable, mm -hmm. and we're also, like, very hard-lined. And, like, when we believe something, we want other people to believe it. We want to win the argument. 
win that argument that my idea is the best idea. I don't feel that way. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I just want to have a good time. <laughs> like, I just want to, like, I want to give love, receive love, uh, enjoy my life experience. Um, if, if there's hard conversations that need to be had, I am not the most intelligent person in the room. So I'm going to learn and I'm going to listen. But, you know, in my own personal life experience, I can speak eloquently and, uh, you know, powerfully on my own side of the street. But with this stuff, like, that's where, like, I love reading James Lindsay and Douglas Murray and Gad Saad. Like, Mm -hmm. they are so brilliant. Logical intellectuals. Logical, critical thinking. Yeah. And and that's where I get, like, my, uh, you know, uh, refreshing wave of confidence with this stuff have you been paying attention to twitter how uh, twitter's now fact checking all biden statements good so every time biden <laughs> says something and posts it on twitter twitter's like nope actually that's not true like this is uh this is inaccurate but they're doing this it for everybody too yeah. it's not just him yeah. like, which is which is fair let's keep which it is what fair. it should be but what i can't cannot understand is people being like um i'm leaving twitter because uh Without censorship, this will be the death of democracy. Are you fucking serious? Like, how dumb? <laughs> it's but wild. Here it's, we are. But it's also a thing you're supposed to say. I'm leaving Twitter because Elon Musk is evil. And then like, yay. He said the right thing. Yeah. yeah. Look, having him run Twitter, I think, is going to be great. I think it's going to be very interesting. Twitter's funny see. again. Yeah. There's like all these great jokes. Yeah, you don't want to worry about getting fucking banned for cracking jokes anymore. Um, yeah, it's, oh boy. <laughs> oh, what good fun. It's just nice to have a guy who's um, like a tech billionaire who mm-hmm. has an opposing perspective and is a free speech hardliner. Because mm-hmm. I think that's important. Yeah. And the fact that he you know, literally put his money where his mouth is mm-hmm. and purchased the biggest social media platform in the world. Yeah. Pretty fucking wild. Well, there, there's some sort of saving grace with this, like, uh, anti-cancel culture thing that's happening. Like, uh, sure, fact check, that's great. But um, give people room to fuck up. Give people yeah. room to say, hey, I'm sorry, I said the wrong thing, and yeah. let me just apologize. And I'll do better. I'll try better next time. Human you know, beings like, are very messy, you know, and depending upon who you, you're a different person every day. Every day you're slightly different. Every day. Yesterday depends. I was Dolly Parton. Are you? <laughs> I wish. Yeah, thanks. Julie, I've downsized. <laughs> <laughs> that lady, she's one of the few people that everybody loves. Oh my God. You should get her on the podcast. I would love to. That would be amazing. She's so loved. I know. Like universally loved. Yeah. Like no matter what. Yeah. You know, she's like one of those people, like Willie Nelson. Mm-hmm. Like you can't hear a bad word about Willie Nelson. No, you can't. Oh, God. I got to see him last year. Oh, no, this year. I played the Luck Reunion um, at Willie's Ranch, and I got to see him play, uh, and it was just... I hadn't seen him in, like, 10 years, and it's just... It's so special, and, you know, he's up there, so yeah. you want to get as much uh, Willie Nelson time as you can. Right, while... You know? Yeah, while he's still While around. he's still playing. Yeah, I mean, he's 90 now, right? I think so. It's just incredible. Maybe older, yeah. He's 10 years older than Biden. Wow. <laughs> I guess Biden should start smoking weed. I think <laughs> Biden's dealing with the, the presidential stress, which just wears you out like 15 times more than normal stress. <sighs> oh, 
poor guy. I think they're all on drugs. <laughs> oh, he's definitely on drugs. <laughs> like, they're, there's just, oh, my God. Yeah, he's got IV marks on his hands. Someone was pointing that out. They're giving right. him IVs. Sure. But that's probably vitamins and stuff just to try to keep him as robust I, as possible. I just prefer to learn about Joe Biden through Kyle Dunnigan. And then that's like my only way to know what's going on because half the jokes he's saying are actual things that Joe Biden said. And then yes. you're just like, it's it's more digestible coming from, from Kyle Dunnigan because it's funny. Did you see Kyle Dunnigan had Tucker Carlson interview uh, Kanye West? No. <laughs> what? I'm going to need to see that. That's so good. Pull it up. <laughs> Pull up, Jamie. Kyle Dunnigan's a fucking, him and Kurt Metzger, they're fucking national treasures together. Those guys, like those fucking sketches that they do. Oh my God. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's the face swap, too. It's, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Welcome to Tucker Carlson. Today I sat down with Kanye West. Oh, Kanye West, don't sit down with him. He's a scary. (laughs) That's what the left wants you to think. He didn't seem crazy to me. Seems like an okay guy. Take a look. Thank you for being here, Yi. First question. You said Pete Davidson has a 10-inch penis. Is that true? Yes. Who else knew about this whopping dong? Every single person in Hollywood, from my ex-wife to my mother-in-law to, you know, my my so-called friends. Your hat says 2023. Is that the year you think it is? Yes. Along with leather jogging (laughs) pants, you created a White Lives Matter shirt. I can hear people saying, well, of course, White Lives Matter. We don't get shot by the cops. (laughs) But we do get shot by the cops. Don't we? Yes. I'm going to start a rap, and then you finish it. Johnny went to the country club. When my mom, when they, when, that was fun. Mostly. Where's the best Starbucks? In Delaware. I think your message is quite nice. White lives do matter, except for Pete Davidson's. (laughs) It was funny. Thank you for being here. Good evening. Welcome to Tucker Carlson. He get, he's so good at the cadence of of the inflections. Yeah. Oh man, what a what, oh, a, what a joy! <laughs> well, we need fucking comedy right now. That's for damn sure. Oh. We need a little bit of a break, and it's one of the more incredible things about the internet is the memes. You yeah, know, I mean, just some of the Paul Pelosi memes have been fucking hilarious. There's some really good stuff out there. Oh my god, everyone! <laughs> it, but that's the thing about you know, there's so many acts. There's so many different creative people out there. That they can get their stuff out there, just a meme. Yeah, and there's a thought, and everybody spreads it around. It's funny. It's like it gives mm-hmm. you a little break, yeah. and it gets you to see how most people are actually seeing multiple sides to different stories. Yes, it's, that's the best part. Yeah, if if it's kind of one sided and it's it's just you know like I I get where your trajectory is at, sure, but this this shit is so good. Yeah, he covers every. He makes fun of everybody. Everybody, it's everybody gets it. Bill yeah. Maher gets it. Everybody gets it. Caitlyn yeah. Jenner gets it. They all get it. <laughs> Joe Biden gets it. Everyone gets it. You're all gonna get those jokes. Um. Oh, I can't. Let's see. You There's can't? some. Oh, it was just like. Oh, it's that one with um. It's like really early on um, with that uh female comic who I met backstage with you months ago, blonde um. Oh man. Where was it? 
it was here in Austin. And, oh, God, sorry. Her name is escaping me. But she did a couple Kyle Dunnigan videos, and she plays his daughter. Oh, Annie. Annie Letterman. Yeah. Yeah, yes. she's really funny. Yeah, she's very funny. She does that when thing where- he does Caddy Daddy. Caddy Daddy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what does he say? Oh, my God. I can't. I can't do it because it's so, like- She's like, Dad, I'm, I'm like, like, I've got a problem. And he's like, oh, did you inherit your mother's ugly pussy? <laughs> it's not so terrible. She's yeah. like, no, I've got, you know, a cold or whatever. I can't remember. I'm totally paraphrasing. And he keeps but... taking the glasses he off and saying... throwing them down when he so makes a point. Caddy daddy. Oh, I'm going to regret saying that later. Well, those guys are doing some of the best comedy <laughs> available online. I mean, that's that's what's interesting about independent stuff like that. Like, have you seen any Gillian Keeves? Mm-mm. That's uh, my friend Shane Gillis and his buddy. They they do these sketches, and uh, they did one was uh, Trump speed dating. Okay. It's fucking amazing. But it's the Great. same thing. It's like they're, they're independent. Right. So because they're independent, they can do stuff like mm-hmm. this Tucker Carlson thing right. or like that thing. Right. And no one's telling them don't do it. Like he, you know, Kyle Dunnigan had uh, a special. He had a show that he was going to do on Comedy Central. And oh, really? Yes. Oh. With the face swaps. And they were like, no, you can't do this. It's no, too you can't controversial. Do he had one where Caitlyn Jenner was fucking Donald Trump. <laughs> she was riding Donald Trump. It was Is that a little too racy? Hilarious. <laughs> It was so funny. He gave it to me, uh, showed it to me in the green room of the comedy oh store. I was God. crying, laughing. He's like, Comedy Central said no to this. I'm like, oh my God, they're they're suicidal. Yeah. They have a death wish. Well, TV's not really funny anymore, give or take a few things. But South like, Park. We are always watching old shit. Um, love news radio. That's, that's on in our house mm. quite a bit. Um, we're watching 80s and 90s movies, uh, like old Eddie Murphy movies yeah. and, and like... Uh, we like Archer. That's great. But there's not, like, comedically speaking, there's not a ton of stuff that's out right now. Other than Nathan Fielder's pretty good. Uh, I like his stuff on HBO. But, like, I mean, remember when TV was funny all the the time? Most of those subjects that were taboo or risque are now banned. Right. You can't discuss those things. Correct. It's going to bounce back the other way. It's always there's always like a crazy cultural shift, and people realize that they've made errors. I mean, that was the Red Scare during the communist days. Sure, sure, sure. There's always like a time where everyone's like, ah, ah, and then it just everyone's like, oh my god, what were we doing? What the fuck were we doing? And hopefully, there's hopefully we're at that point where that question is happening because I think we are. I think we are for the most part. I want better TV. Yeah, that's going to be fucked. TV's going to be fucked, but it'll pick up on streamers. Like Netflix will have more options and, you know, Amazon and places like that. Yeah, but that's kind of the problem, too, in that way that, like, the same thing that happened to the music industry is happening to the TV industry because everything's streamed and it's basically free. So the quality is, you know, Mm. movies, too. Like, what the hell were we watching recently where I was like, how much money did they spend making this piece of garbage <laughs> yeah pretty much all of the tv we watch is like that for the most part what was it there's still good stuff out there oh my god um 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 tom what's his name another like bang bang shoot him up it came out last year the gray man no that was terrible too <laughs> i thought that was so bad you know why it's terrible it's not the same as the books if you read the sure. great the gray man books are hardcore yeah it's pretty wild super hyper violent Oh, really? Oh, it's all about a CIA assassin. I think the thing that I struggle with is like wanting, like, 
I just don't believe it. Like, I don't believe that that physical body type is doing that thing. Like, I, oh. I see where the, like, sleight of hand is taking place. Call me a cynic, but <laughs> what's happened to me? <laughs> Probably just being logical. Yeah, but, you know, you have to have that diffusion of, what what is that term? You know, when you... Um, you just give in to whatever the show is. You just give in to it. What's that term? God damn it. You know that, that term? God, my brain is shit today. One day of drinking, my brain oh, falls apart. you're going to be okay. Well, you know I what you're know. supposed to do. Keep drinking. That's what they say. <laughs> Want a cocktail? Absolutely. Right. But you know what? I just remembered another funny show, The Righteous Gemstones. What's that? Hilarious. Danny McBride's show. On oh, HBO. really? Oh, oh, I my love that. God, too. about the like mega church. Oh, <laughs> with it, it is it is so funny. I mean, it's it is uh, brutally gross in in like speech, but it's it's quick. It's funny. They <laughs> <laughs> Danny McBride. And I highly John recommend Goodman. it. Yeah. Oh, I love John Goodman. Nice. He's one of those like bucket list people I'd love to meet. That I hope. It, Goodman? Is as cool in person as he yeah, seems to be. Yeah, it would suck if he wasn't. I know. Yeah, there's there's still good stuff out there. Yeah, it's, I don't want to I don't want to be such stuff. a naysayer. And there's more more to discover, I'm sure, but I've really enjoyed like these like we're we've been watching all these 90s movies like uh The Last of the Mohicans and mm. and um we, we went through The Fugitive, The Firm. Um couple of Tom Cruise, other Tom Cruise movies. You're going all old school. Yeah, it's great. I just, like, the acting was better. The storylines were better for the most part. Unless you're doing an action film like Point Break or something. Like, I was amazed at how bad that was. <laughs> like, why are you going to jump out of the airplane with the guys that you know want to kill you and they packed your parachute, but you're getting in there anyway? Why? I don't even remember that movie very Shawnee, well. Utah, what do you mean? He's the man. I know, but still, like, there's just, there were so many holes in the end of that movie that I was, like, you know, I, I kept watching it. It was, you know, it was fun. It was entertaining. But wouldn't you, like, want to tie up some of those holes in that, like, blockbuster of a film that you're putting all this money into? Just make the storyline, like, a, a tad bit better? It's they not that hard. They don't give a fuck. They don't Fast care. and Furious 9. Did you see That's Fast true. and Furious 9? Yeah, they I love went that into shit. Space? <laughs> they have a car in space. Like this, <laughs> that, that movie's oh, I'm made aware. like a billion dollars. I'm aware. But you know what you're signing up for with that stuff too. Like you're like, I'm gonna get stoned and watch this and enjoy it, and my mind's not gonna be blown other than by the special effects. Right. Everything else, you know, is. But that's the thing. If you're watching any kind of action movie, like the thing that bothers you is like the thing that you have to kind of. I don't accept. know. Maverick really touched my heart. I <laughs> <laughs> did it. Yeah. I made it 15 minutes. Oh what? Yeah. Wow. I was like, you got to be kidding me! I can't do this. But like, Tom Cruise is actually flying those planes. <laughs> I know. Didn't which is do it pretty for wild. You. We have to talk about this. I think you have to give it another try. No. Come on, man. <laughs> no. Suspension of disbelief. That's okay. what I was looking for. Okay. Suspension of disbelief. You stick with your terminal list. <laughs> I like that. Well, I like the books. The, the books are great. Are they? Yeah. Okay, I didn't That's why I like so the, I the series. Okay. The, and I like Chris Pratt. I, I like him too. I like him a lot. And my friend Jack Carr wrote it all. Okay. Oh, that's that's super yeah. cool. See those tomahawks on the wall? That's, yeah. That's cross tomahawks. Okay. That's the terminal list. Oh, tomahawks. I did know that was a Jack Carr book. Yeah. There's a, another one of his that I really want to read. Uh, give me a... Do you read all his books? Yeah, they're all about James Reese. So right. there's the Terminalist is the first one. Right. Like, what are the, the names of the, the other ones? I think he has 
I think he's on book five now. But yeah. So the books are better? Oh, the books are fucking yeah. great. Yeah, here it goes. So, uh, Terminalist, True Believer, In the Blood, Savage Son, The Devil's Hand. I think it's and The I Devil's think, Hand. I think that's that's what he's got out now, and then he's working on number five. That's I think I'm, I'm due for some good fiction. They're good. I've been getting into all this heady stuff lately, and I need to I need to calm the fuck down. Well, that that's not that heady, <laughs> but it's very violent. Yeah, well. But, you know, it's written by an actual Navy SEAL. Correct. Who really right. did experience combat duty. And yeah. Like, it says close to reality as you can get in fiction mm-hmm. in terms of, like, you know, obviously the, the good guy wins. But yeah. There's a lot of uh, reality interlaced into it in terms of, like, how things actually run. And, wow. Yeah. Man, it's, you know, Nick and I were talking about this the other day, like, in conjunction with Navy SEALs and highly trained operatives and, you know, uh, lethal weapons among us, like, think about all the former spies that, like, like the, the gray man, like, mm-hmm. have aged out of their profession but are still among us that could, like, kill you with their fingertips. Mm. There's got to be a lot at this point. There's probably a few. Hanging out, your neighbor, you know, trying to have a quiet life. That's that, that movie or that TV show, The Old Man. Oh, not The Jeff Gray Man. Bridges. The Old Man. That's yeah. what I meant. Oh, The Old Man's good. Oh, I was talking about The Old Man. Oh, The Gray oh. Man was the one with... Uh, the Gray Man is that Ryan Reynolds? Gosling. Ryan Gosling. I always confuse those two. Oh, yeah. One of the, yeah. the men. The Old Man. And aren't they kind of synonymous at this point? Old and gray. <laughs> but Ryan Gosling's not old. No, he's not. I was just joking. The, the Old Man is uh, the Jeff Bridges That's one. the one I was talking yeah. about. That's really good for a few episodes. Right. And, and then, then it, it just like, drones on. It gets to the point where you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, yeah. How is he getting away? What is going on? How is he driving all the way across the country? Well, and then the, the storyline of like him? dedicating his, his love to this woman who's terrible to him. Well, he's terrible to her, too. Yeah, but it just... You know, he dragged her and kidnapped her, and once again, like a Greek tragedy, <laughs> <laughs> bringing it back. But in the beginning, like the first episode or two, I was like, "Holy shit, this show's great!" But same, we were into it for a couple episodes, and then it just yeah, it got heavy with the dialogue, where they're explaining things with dialogue. Like you're losing me here. Did you guys get new writers? Ran, ran out of money. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's amazing to, how they make shows. Like yeah. people get. Fired halfway through, they they bring mm-hmm. people on, they they reshoot and and like jump around and executives come in, they want to change things. Mm-hmm. And... Oh yeah, that's why a lot of things get made really poorly. Absolutely, too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, um, I mean, there's someone else you should talk to about that. I mean, Nick would just give you the yeah. whole thing. I mean, no, I'm sure he would. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten some of it out of him, but it's just. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's very difficult to get like one creative vision and 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 have that be the thing that gets put out there. Well, you have to. Um, I mean, every every show, every project, every you know production company is different, and so like it's hard to get. Just like in music, sometimes like it's hard to get the right people without an ego that like just want to make something fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case most of the time and now especially like our industries took i mean what a big fat disappointment in like having to make a show but like you got to make sure you check all these political boxes so that Mm -hmm. you um you know uh manipulate a storyline um instead of just like telling a good story like there's just all kinds of insertions of of 
agenda and, and you know, that just takes away from like watching a good movie or yeah. a good show. You know? Yeah, they just feel like they have to include adversity or uh, you know diversity, and certain groups have to mm-hmm. be represented. And mm-hmm. it's not what a story is supposed to be about. You should have as many stories from as many different perspectives as possible. But that doesn't mean you should fuck with someone's idea just because you want to add in right. like a right. gay character or sure. a black woman character mm-hmm. or an mm-hmm. Asian character. It's like that well, it's should like, be just natural. It's like the female Ghostbusters. <laughs> Come on, guys. Female Ghostbusters I mean, was good for a little while. It, yeah, the first but half like, hour of it or so. And was I'm not saying funny. Ghostbusters can't be female. <laughs> the problem I'm with sure they could bust all, the hell out of those ghosts. But you all know, the men were buffoons. Yeah. Even Bill Murray, he was bad. He was a bad guy. Right. You know, like, oh, I love Bill Murray. Bill Murray's the best. They're trying. They're coming for Bill. Are they? Oh yeah. There's what do you mean? People t- saying. There's all these people saying that he was horrible to work with. And I'm like, maybe they were horrible. Maybe he just doesn't tolerate assholes. Like, yeah. I don't know. But also, like, give people some, um, give give them a chance for redemption. You know, sometimes you made mistakes. You got to come back and, you know, be like, yeah, maybe I was an asshole back then. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't and, know unless, unless he was like, you know, it depends on the degree. That's the thing. People get so upset about things they probably know nothing about everything is hearsay and mm-hmm. and that's where like this james lindsay stuff like really it blows my mind and then makes me so sad is that like objective reality is canceled out by uh your local narratives and and mm-hmm. like if you you know if i say this this red skull is green then it's green you know and that's it you have it. to agree it's green or you have, or there's some problem right right yeah. or just like getting um you know, tremendously upset about a headline because you read it and then you believe that this thing is true, but you know nothing about it. And it could be about Bill Murray being an asshole or whatever. Like, I really care about that stuff right now. I care about how it's affected my life and mistakes I've made in thought around, like, bandwagon emotions. Like, Mm. I'm so disappointed in myself for For when I've done that. Like what? Um, When, like, I mean... You know, a lot of the uh, the BLM stuff, you know, was so intense and so emotional. And <clears throat> like I I read Tahanasi Coates's book Between the World and Me. And, and then I read Douglas Murray, who uh, gives you a totally different context on um, uh, Coates's version of the world, which is is really um, harsh and. Uh, you know, shaming for a white person, you know, and I, I do care. I do care about justice. I do care about um, reality and, and actual problems. But I, I think that like the way the narrative around racism now is so destructive um, and show me where I'm wrong, by the way, you know, like show me where I'm, I'm saying the wrong things and I've made a mistake, but um, you know, like, diversity and inclusion officers in the schools uh teaching kids about uh white privilege and things like that like it it just seems so destructive uh like now we're so aware of each other's differences in, in skin color whereas like i i just care about if you're a good person or not you know i just care about what kind of people we are um and and this is where like you know I'm not I'm not trying to start a fight with anybody like I, I want to understand what is real and what has been 
uh, a narrative that's pushed on me to manipulate my emotions and uh, push me to make choices that I don't understand. Well, the wildest thing about the BLM thing is there's always overcorrections, right? There's always like things that we recognize are giant problems in this country. And racism certainly is one. And then things go so far to one direction and then they bounce back the other direction. The problem with that is like you don't want it bouncing back into the area of accepting racism. You don't ever want it to be not. pushed in so so far to one way that it becomes popular to bounce back the no, other way. No, what I care about are things that are called racist that aren't shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Like like math. <laughs> right. Like I'm talking about right. that stuff. That kind of shit. Um yeah. and and like where it's become maniacal. Well, the problem is it also becomes something that people barter in. You know, you you whenever you have an issue that's a cultural issue, you can have people that are essentially like mercenaries that use whatever that cultural issue is to for their own personal gain, mm-hmm. for their own and you know. Yeah. That's one of the things that people saw with BLM was where all the money went. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah. I mean, Where did it go? A lot of it's missing. A lot of it was spent on houses for the people that you know were a part of the movement that now live in but mansions. Originally, <clears throat> what was it supposed to be for? Community-oriented yeah. things? But the problem is whenever you have any sort of charitable organization, you have people that are actually being paid by that organization. Mm-hmm. And like, how much should they make? And then like, where is that money going? How is that money being allocated? Who gets to decide? If you donate a million dollars to an organization, that, that organization has a million dollars. Do they have a mandate very specifically as to where they can apply that money and not? And it turns mm-hmm. out in some cases, no. Right. And people were donating because they thought right. it was a good cause and the right thing to do. And it made them feel better to donate. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I'm exactly what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. I did those things and yeah. I didn't understand them other than I just felt so bad. Right. You know, and um, and I. That's where I wanted to take control of of my life in that way of of just like I want to know what's going on. I want to know what I believe in. I want to know what's real, and I want to uh, read and have my own life experiences and talk to people if they want to share something with me, so I can understand um, your your perspective. You know, um, like I'm I'm big on meritocracy. You know, like I work hard. I know people that work really hard and and get to the places they want to be in life or keep trying to get to the place they want to be in life, whether it's uh, your career or, or being a good person or being a good, you know, mother, father, husband, wife. But, you know, um, to say, like, you have an advantage because you're a man and I have a disadvantage because I'm a woman is bullshit. <laughs> I mean, like, I get where sometimes that that would make sense. Like if we were talking UFC. <laughs> um, but. Like that kind of stuff, like, like I've been the only woman on a bill more times than I could ever count. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that's just like been the way for a while. Um, and then you start seeing more female artists, and they're really, really good. Um, but I don't think they were given that position because they're women. I think they were given the spot on the bill because their music is awesome. That's the same with comedy. Right. I think it's actually harder for women to do comedy. Absolutely. Though. It's like because the, the um, evidence is that no one's laughing if you're not funny, <laughs> you know? Like, no, I think it's harder for women because there's a lot of men that don't want to see women be the person that talks. Oh. So like when a woman goes on stage and she's commanding all the attention, a lot of men, oh, I fucking could do that. I should be doing that. Women aren't funny. Like there's a prejudice about women really? being funny. Yeah, sure. 
yeah, there definitely is. There's a, a prejudice amongst men that some women aren't funny. Huh. Yeah, and then it's like, what what do they talk about? Look, if a woman's on stage talking about politics, good luck. It's yeah. hard enough for a man to talk about politics, but when women talk about politics, again, there's a certain percentage of the male population in particular that don't want to fucking hear it. Right. You know? You want to change the subject? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I just think it's uh, it's a more difficult role, but a lot of women make it. And, you know, those women are very popular. Yeah. it's it, Comedy is a meritocracy in that if you are funny, you will, and it, and it gets out there and people get to see it, they will come see you. Yeah. And if you keep working on it and you keep writing new stuff and mm-hmm. keep putting out specials, yeah. you will have a, a career. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that don't have a career and they attribute that to sexism in some way. And, you know, I go, well, did you do everything you could? Are you sure? Yeah. You know, did you did you pr- improve? Did you write a lot? Did you work on your act? Mm-hmm. Were you self-critical? Were you objective? Mm-hmm. Did you analyze your material and rework it and, and hone it down to a razor's edge? Mm-hmm. You probably didn't. Right. And you're probably mad and you're probably trying to attribute all sorts of external reasons as to why you're not as well, successful as other people. That's a, like, that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. There's always going to be that. But then mm-hmm. there's always going to be people who rise, and most people will look at those people that do rise and see, especially if those people are very dedicated and they worked hard, they go, well, there's obviously a merit to that. Yeah. Well, these are the standards I have for myself. Like, I, yeah. the way I see the world is, like, um, I can't make excuses for my shortcomings or my uh, inabilities or failures and say it's someone else's fault. People love to do that. I know. It's a, it's a fucking sport. Yeah, well, that's that's where you uh, pretty much lose me. <laughs> yeah, it's just you're, you're wasting so much time, too, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. People, first of all, people don't believe it. When you blame other people for your lack of success, other people don't believe it. They mm-hmm. let you talk, but they don't believe it. And they don't respect you because mm-hmm. they know that you're looking for excuses. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll listen, and they may even agree with you. Like, yeah, yeah, you're getting fucked over. Yeah. Right, right. But really, you know, it's how you behave, what you do, how you think, mm-hmm. how you go about doing things, yeah. whether or not you can work. Yeah. With the work part is the hardest part. Oh you know, yeah, so many people find excuses for not getting things done. It's like you just gotta work. You I mean, focus. I like truth be told, like I'm giving my career a whole makeover because like it hasn't been working like the since COVID especially. But like, um, I just not making enough money on the road, and like, and I do feel like it's my fault. Um, well, there's so, a lot of factors. But like with know? that said, like I had those feelings of um. Uh, like a lot of sadness around it for a little while and, and just like defeat and I felt really sorry for myself and then I I'm, I've been learning logic which is a, a you know recording production program and, and it's so fun and I love it and I'm getting better and better at it and just finding like re-empowering myself with the things I can control mm. um, but the things like like filling a room and you know across the country um, and it, you know, I'm in the like torso part of the music industry, like I'm um, club area where I could I could do okay, like if it were like the old days where like people were always coming out, but for some reason the last year, uh, they just weren't, you know, not not for me. And, you know, that like maybe my music wasn't good enough. I don't know. Like I, it's hard to get the word out there these days for some reason. But either way, like I did those things like I was mad and I was like, well, it's this it's because of this and because of this and because of this. And I guess at the end of the day, none of that matters because um, I'm just like so pumped to play music no matter where I am at this point. Like it's kind of 
that contemplate your death feeling of just like, well, I'm having fun wherever I'm at. And I've had a lot of fun thus far. And, you know, the thing that I want, like, like, I, I think I have it. I think I already have it. And if it if like my music explodes into the universe, great. Uh, and if, if I just keep getting to do what I'm doing, like, that's great, too. But, um, you know, performing is is kind of like. I don't know. Performing and seeing live performances feels essential to me. You know, you know, like, yeah, you need to go out there and do your thing. Um, well, once you experience it and experience that sort of transcendent moment of the whole crowd vibing with a song, yeah. everyone enjoying it. It's like those are beautiful moments in life. And the people that don't get to see them, they, maybe they forget or maybe they, they haven't experienced it. But it, it enhances your life in a very unique way. And musicians like yourself and, and so many others, they provide a thing that if you guys didn't provide it, the world would be less fun. It'd be less exciting. <laughs> yeah. It'd be less cool. Yeah. You know, it's beautiful. I hope I didn't contradict myself by no. being like, I'm making no, excuses. You're, just, you're looking at life <laughs> and you're trying to figure yourself out. Well, it, it's, you know, the, I think the difficult thing is like, I know myself, I know who I am. And um, when you feel limited with your uh, extension of your abilities or yourself, mm -hmm. uh, it's a very confusing thing. Yeah. You know, because I'm not sure what what is my fault and what is uh, just the circumstance in the state of my industry or, mm -hmm. you know, because it's such a moving target. Yeah. It's always changing. And like, you know, Jamie and I were talking earlier about TikTok and I was like, fuck, you know, it's like, OK, so you got to write the songs and you got to record them and make them fucking awesome. And then you got to make sure you're doing TikTok and like all like keeping up on the stuff. Are you TikToking? I, you know, I have an account. It's, I usually post like videos of my dogs and cause they're hilarious, <laughs> but I'll, I'll put some music on there from time to time. I don't like feeling like I have to do it. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's like another like, fuck, okay, fine. You know, the reluctant, it feels desperate. Social media. I yeah. think what I don't like about those things is like, I want to come by those honestly. Like if I really feel like there's something funny I want to share, right. it's great cause it's natural, but I also don't like seeing all of the desperation on there. Like somebody caught a wave and then they keep trying to recreate that wave over and over. And it's like, oh, man, fuck, that's that's what you got, huh? You got that one video with the goat and you keep posting the goat videos. Goats are funny. <laughs> but what else you got? You know, like that that's yeah. sort of where I feel a little disheartened by that stuff. Well, um, it's it's the good aspect of no one curating things. The right. good aspect of not having executives in charge is that people fuck up and they don't they do things that aren't entertaining or they're needy or whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's just yeah part of the thing. Some people are awesome at it. Some people just have a brain oh, that's yeah. like so well suited to performing in social media. Right, right. And I and I love those accounts, you know. And so yeah, that's the upside. And and just sometimes like, you know, like the things you're into, like falconry. <laughs> you could just follow all that shit. I See think the most amazing owls. With a lot of artists, <laughs> there's the, the you want to create, but then you want to be recognized for your creations. And then you're trying to figure out how do I get recognized more? And what do I have to do? And then mm -hmm. you have to do things you don't want to do, mm -hmm. like social media. So like, I I had a I had a show in Chicago a couple months ago. September, yeah. And Chicago used to be a really big market for me. And Honey Honey, like we used to just crush it. And 
like what's happening now is so like you get you um, get the word out about your shows through social media or, you know, radio, if that's if whoever listens to the radio and then the promoters that are promoting the show are using the same tools that you are. And so I went to like you have to pay to boost your posts on Instagram, but you also have to be approved before you pay for the boost. So I had like a flyer about my show in Chicago and I got denied to boost it to geotarget the area. And I don't know why. So I couldn't like like Did you post any COVID stuff? No. no. I hadn't hadn't in a while. <laughs> but you might have <laughs> maybe you like might a have year, got put on a list. I, I stopped talking about shit. Like you I got like this is probably where I'm gonna get in trouble because I've been like but I um no, it wasn't anything like that. And But you did before. I think I posted one thing that was, I can't remember, but it was like a logical thing about the vaccine of like, well, if I can still get COVID and spread COVID, why do I need the vaccine? I think that's all you need to do to get really? on a list. But there's, but there's other, other cities where I've been able to geotarget and boost my posts. So for some reason, it just wouldn't let me. Maybe it's Lori Lightfoot. Maybe she's <laughs> blocked you <laughs> from promoting. Um, anyway, <laughs> like it was just, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. <laughs> I I don't know what the fuck the the behind the scenes stuff is like Elon posted on Twitter that people that have had their accounts removed and they're trying to get them back they're not going to be able to do it for a while because they're going through the code and they're trying to they're they're trying to figure they brought in a bunch of Tesla engineers to like Mm -hmm. go over the code. (laughs) It's amazing. We're bringing in rocket scientists to fix Twitter. But apparently during this time, the content moderation really hasn't changed. It's the same sort of algorithm that are in control okay. of content and posts. And yeah. so a lot of people are like, oh God, everything's different from, since Elon came on board. And so he made a post, like nothing has changed. We haven't changed anything about content moderation. They, they don't have the same people behind right. the scenes that they fired everybody. You I know? saw that. Did you, hear, did you hear about the two guys that like trolled? Yes. Out- <laughs> That's yeah. so brilliant. Like that's the kind of that's the kind of you know TikTok shit I want to see. Like really, really they innovative. They were employees. Minds. Yeah, <laughs> I got to get home to my husband and my wife. Like, <laughs> no, but it was like they had some sort of name that was like a "Hey, would you blow me?" or something. Like they put their names together, and it was it was something like yeah, that. Like exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love that shit. Well, it's just Make it's a, good a fun time to goof on people because so many people are so goddamn serious and stupid. Well, and here we are. <laughs> here we are being serious and stupid. Yeah, we're not contributing. We're just we're just droning on and on about the same. But that's life. Yeah, life's yeah. good though, in its simplest form, like so the littlest things. When you said you like retooled your career, like how? What did you do? I'm retooling it now. What are you doing? Well, I'm uh, making new music and uh, taking more control from the actual recording side of things so i don't need to depend on other people to make music like i can do it on my own did you and gary record midnight rider so i well yes but no i i recorded the track with elijah ford and jj johnson his drummer and bass player who are fucking awesome and you know gary's working on his record right now so i don't want to bother him too much but i we like made a track which is awesome i could i could play you what we have but i really just want to send it to you like in its full okay form but um gary really likes it so he's just gonna you know add his stuff to it which is gonna be epic and you know no pressure gary but we've talked about it in public now (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, when you guys did that, that one night that we went out, um, it was, uh, who put together that party? Some liquor company? Jameson. Jameson. Yeah. So we went out. It was like, what is it, like a Monday or a Tuesday in downtown Something LA? Like at like midnight in this small place. <laughs> and you guys and Gary on stage, and you're singing the lyrics off your phone because you don't know the lyrics. I didn't know that. Well, I know the first, I knew the first verse and then the other. Yeah, anyway, wait, I got but a lot the of fact, shit for that. Well, the people thought you were like reading your text messages. Who the you're... fuck would do that? That's so dumb. Yeah, well, <laughs> who the fuck would sing a song that they literally haven't practiced <laughs> ever and then do it that way? You guys did, but it was amazing. It was, it was such fun. a great version. It was fun. And Gary's sound is so distinctive. Like, you hear a riff, and you're like, oh, that's Gary Clark Jr. He's the best. And he's such a great he's magic. dude. Yeah, I, I love Gary. He's I love magic. watching him he's play. He's a magic person. Yeah, he's very special. Yeah, there's people that are just magic. They just have a thing, and it just works, and mm -hmm. he's so cool. Yeah. And so calm, and, and so fucking talented. And when yeah. he starts playing, that sound is... It, it's just amazing to me that someone can take a guitar, and so many people play guitar... But when he plays the guitar, it's him. Oh, yeah. It's his sounds coming through that guitar, and you can tell mm -hmm. almost immediately. But also, like, his voice is incredible. Mm -hmm. like, it is beautiful. And he can sing so many in so many different ways. Like, it's... I did a couple shows with him last year, and it was just... I loved watching him play. Like, and the whole band. Like, he's got a great band. Like, they all just... It, the whole thing is is put together so well, and it's really fun to watch. Yeah. yeah, no, it's exciting, and it's exciting that he's here. You know, he this went, is hometown. Yeah, yeah. I remember talking to him before the COVID thing when he moved back. He moved back before COVID. He moved here. He's like, man, I just can't do it. Oh, from LA? Anymore. Yeah, he's, they've he's been like, back I for just, a while. I think. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I just can't do this place yeah, anymore. Same. Just... It got dark, like. Like, once again, Joe, thanks for uh, encouraging me to move to Austin because my whole life changed um, in in so many incredible ways. But I didn't know how bad L.A. was until I left. And, I mean, it was getting bad when I was there. Like, I was chasing people out of my yard. Like, I lived in Silver Lake, and mm. um, it, it was just dangerous. And then just on top of that, like, this collective angst mm -hmm. that you just couldn't, you could not get away from. Yeah, the collective angst was the scariest thing mm -hmm. to me because it's like so many people had adopted it. Yeah. And it seemed like the tone. That's the weird thing about traveling is you get to see the tone of a city. Mm -hmm. Like Tom Segura was just talking about um, Toronto and that he was in Toronto a few months back where people still had to wear fucking masks. It's crazy. Still. That's so crazy. They had a mask mandate. He's like, this is insane. And then he went back to Toronto after the mask mandate. And he's like, you could feel like it's like lifted something oh, off yeah. of people. Well, I mean, you know, when you moved here, like... Wasn't Austin only locked down for like three months and then they were just back up and running? And Yeah, pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just a more logical approach. And the problem is there was so much pushback against that logical approach that was incorrect. So many right. people were saying, you're right. going to kill us all. Right, right. It's not true. Well, that was that you know maneuver too when I moved here was like me trying to regain my own like, uh, you know, intellectual integrity i was like what are like what thoughts are my own like in la like every it's such an echo chamber of like flagrant emotions and um angst like we said and so like i just like i mean i didn't realize it until i left like i was just suffocated mm -hmm. and 
Uh, even even creatively, I, I didn't write the whole year of COVID. I didn't write one song, which is like, I write all the time. What I love to write. Uh, honestly, I like really worked on myself. Like I meditated and was like reading all the books and, you know, having my, you know, dark nights of the soul. And <laughs> I really Sometimes was. That's like, good it was, too, though. It was hardcore. Like I was, I was in a very low place. Very, very low. And um, for like, in the best way because I just I mean like I was there for almost 20 years I was there for 18 years save for two years in Nashville and I mean you know I I came here to visit you and see you guys perform at Stubbs and then I was like I really like this place and and I expected to be lonely for a while like I really thought like it, it would be like when I moved to L.A., like I didn't have good friends for like two years. Like I didn't find my friends, uh, the kind of people I like, you know. And it like just from the jump, I was just making all these friends. And then I met Nick three weeks here. And it was just it was beautiful. I, I, I was like, freedom. <laughs> I just got to live again in a way that is very natural to my person and, and you know, just the things I'm into. And well, we're just very lucky that there's a place like this that exists mm-hmm. that you could go that was different. Yeah. That people weren't encaptured with that right. fucking angst that LA mm-hmm. and fucking the fog. I mean, you still have it here, but it's it's not it's in these little pockets. It's cute. It's you cute. See people yeah. walking down the street with a mask yeah. on, like, oh, yeah, look I, at you. I was uh, at a grocery store in a neighborhood the other day, and there was like ten people with masks on the, in still. the grocery store, and I was like, what the fuck's going on here? Still, it's the Democrats' MAGA hat. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what it is. They're letting you know. I'm on the good team. Oh, my God. That's what it is. And they don't want to take it off because it's an identity point. The thing is, I have empathy for people, people's fear. Like, I almost want to be like, it's going to be okay. You know? Like, I want to hug them. Yeah. Be like, hey, you're going to be fine. But it's not just their fear. It's an identity thing. It's a flag. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're wearing a flag on their face. Mm-hmm. But I've also had, like, a ton of people wear their masks and be totally fine talking to me like not offended yeah you know that that part's always funny to me like if you have a mask on and they're like giving you the the look of like why aren't you wearing one well if you have one then you should be fine (laughs) (laughs) well it's also it's like at this point what the fuck are you not listening at all are you not reading anything yeah you're not paying attention at all you know i i mean one of the reasons why i got really into fiction recently and i've been reading all these uh gray man books and the, mm-hmm. all these fiction books is because it's escapism yeah because of course the the non-fiction that i was reading was fucking terrifying mm-hmm. i got deep into that the real anthony fauci book i was like i gotta put I this told you about thing that down <laughs> but nick and i talked about it when we went to that dinner with right. jordan peterson mm-hmm. and then i started getting into it and i was like oh my god yeah and undeniable facts this is this is not like that, you got to take breaks from that yeah stuff. Yeah, that book is long as fuck and filled with horrific details. Yes, yes, it is. But but listen, I don't think nonfiction is just escapism. Like nonfiction reinvigorates your vocabulary, your own creativity. Um, it it gives you a boost of a story, you know. And I actually use that as, like, if I'm really depressed or I'm super anxious and I can't hold a thought, I make I, I set a timer and I make myself read a book for like. 20 minutes mm. and I, I mean it's almost instant that I snap out of whatever funk I was in mm-hmm. but it's very grounding it's not a device it's not an electronic device and 
I just, I just love to learn, even if it's a fictional story. I think it's very healthy. Well, it's good to absorb other people's ideas. Mm-hmm. It's a, a good to absorb other people's writing, their work. You know, and yeah. you, you get a part of their perspective through their work too. Mm-hmm. It's not just the facts. You know, I like both. I like fiction just for just like I don't want to think about right. reality. I just right. want to like get carried away by a story. Right. But I also like nonfiction. It's just like the problem was that the nonfiction I was leaning into was all just it just filled me with dismay, sure, and anger. And fr- yeah, the, you got to balance that, it that out. That book is frustrating. It's tough. The real Anthony I, Fauci is frustrating. I actually haven't finished it because I, I was starting to get yeah. really depressed. <laughs> it's fucking depressing. Yeah. When they get to the part where they were experimenting with HIV vaccines on, on, kids. on foster kids. Yeah. Like, yep. What the fuck? Yeah. And yeah, it's That's airtight. Real. It's all airtight. You can't dispute it. It's irrefutable. It. It's, I know. That's the, the problem is people want to paint Robert Kennedy Jr. as a conspiracy theorist. Like, you go ahead and do that, but there's a reason why he's not getting sued for that book. Yeah. It's because they have all of the, the citations and right. it's all And documented. it's not even politics. It's He's a lifelong Democrat. Like, yeah. There's no like two ways around that book. It's it's tough. But again, like, you know, there's that, like anybody like could, could just, you could just lose yourself in all that stuff. And it's like this balance of like, I want to know about that stuff, but I also don't want to like lose my fucking mind you know because yeah. it's because you can it's a so lot of dark people do well a lot yeah. of people go from that to the next one to the next one to the next one mm-hmm. and if you just only look for corruption and just horrible abuses of power there's mm-hmm. so many examples of it and you could you could really think that this is affecting your life more even so than it is because mm-hmm. it's your primary focus yeah yeah you, you go crazy yeah, no, I, I take lots of breaks. Yeah, so I'm into this whole uh, Greek mythology and also um, uh, Norse gods. I read American Gods, Neil Gaiman's book that they made a TV show about it, but it's really it's really actually um, you know kind of ironic because it's about the old gods versus the new gods, and the new gods are like the god of TV and the gods of of cell phones and like you know technology. What is it? What is the? It's I mean it's a fictional book about. Uh, gods living among us but the old the old gods have lost their like they're dying because they're not no one cares about them anymore what are the old gods um chivalry like (laughs) no no i mean it's like they use actual like gods gods. yeah norse gods like odin and stuff like that um uh but they is he odin they give him they give him another name um but it's really like i don't know i just love like arc archetype kind of comparisons and you know just as as something that I, I don't know why I'm drawn to it but uh I really enjoyed that book and the, it had this great quote that I think is Neil Gaiman's own words which is um every hour wounds the last one kills mm. and it's like man that's that's fucking good that's a little depressing it's pretty depressing <laughs> every hour <laughs> every hour wounds the last oh. one kills Okay. I know. We're going to be okay. Jesus, are we? <laughs> Jesus, I mean, Neil. overall, it's pretty good. And the show's pretty good. It has um, Ian McShane, who's like one of my favorite actors. But uh, anyway. What's that on? It's on... Oh, yeah. Is it good? I've enjoyed it. I haven't finished the show, but hmm. it's pretty good. Okay. There's too many fucking <laughs> things to watch. Amazon, I don't know. <laughs> oh. There's too many things to watch. Yeah, you could 
You got to make a list. That's the thing that happened during COVID, right? It's like so many people caught up on so many different shows. Everything, so, yeah. This this is an unprecedented time for entertainment. Oh sure. But it's just so much of it, unfortunately, is very limited. I I try to like I get kind of anxious when I watch too much TV because I need to like do other things with my brain. Yeah. Um. Recently, started doing puzzles. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like regular puzzles. Like, like a like a thousand piece puzzle, oh. which is, it's a lot of work. But like, like started the puzzle. Couldn't stop thinking about it. I'm like doing other things, going to the gym. Can't stop thinking about that puzzle. I got to get back to it. I got to finish really? that thing. <laughs> I've never had that problem. Super weird. I look at puzzles. I'm like, this is stupid. No, I love it. It's you very feel that way too, Jamie. It's like it's meta. Don't. Now there's a cool. There's a couple. I think if there's one big YouTube channel, this guy like buys the most expensive puzzle you can find. Yeah. And it's to be like this block. You're like, well, how the fuck do you open this? And he'll spend five hours trying to figure out how to open it and show you the whole thing. Yeah. Great. He fast forwards past all the boring shit, but like it's it's interesting. <laughs> it's, okay, that's know. a different kind of puzzle, right? That's not yeah, but like yeah, what she's saying too, like uh, all blue, like they'll just know it's uh all the puzzle pieces are the same shape. Basically, they cut them the exact same. Oh my god! So it's like impossible to figure out. Oh but... no, that that would break my brain. But also, I want to know about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I skipped ahead the jigsaw stuff. It's meditative, stuff. and you know, you can also like listen to a podcast and do it. Like, there's something about. Uh, there's some sort of reward in putting it together mm. when it's a mess and organizing it. And, you know, uh, it's a good, well, it's a strategy for Nick and I too. Like we do it together because it, there's like a, there's a project oriented bonding thing. Right. You're working together for a goal. Yeah. 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 But I really enjoy it. Like it's supposed to be an exercise, <laughs> but I was like, when are we get another puzzle? I fucking love this shit. When you write, <laughs> like if you write music, do you have like a, a, a process that you go through? Do you just have a thought in your head when you're writing a song? Do you sit aside and, and, and say like, I'm going to write from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m.? Like, how do you do it? Both of those things. Um, the more y you stick to a schedule and like keep chipping away at a song, the better and better it gets. And then the easier it gets. Like, if I'm actively um, working on lyrics as well as instrumental, it all starts to, like, piece together. And sometimes old ideas from years ago that I've saved, I'll, like, Frankenstein a song together and it'll make sense. Kind of mm. like a fucking puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> did we just have a eureka yeah, moment? Yeah, we did. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the process is just to keep doing it. You know, and sometimes I'll get the lyrics for a song I was working on when I'm driving in my car and I have to, you know, voice record them because um, it it can also be kind of haunting because I'll have it stuck in my head um, like a song I'm working on. And and then like I'll be like half awake in the morning and it'll I'll be like singing it in my head. And, it, and it, it feels like until it's done, just like this puzzle, oh, my God. Like, I can't – it's, like, in the back of my mind, like, it has to be finished. Like, you mm. have to keep going. Like, you have to finish that. Um, so it, it'll it keep me up at night <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's like, a, a responsibility to keep doing it. So uh, my process is to keep doing it, just to write. So you don't have, like, very specific – methods you don't have like uh i'm gonna sit down at 9 a.m and have a cup of coffee and... yeah i i've been i do that i yeah. do that you know and and it's really good for you know me and my husband because he's a writer and he works from home so like 
he goes to his area, I go to mine, and like, um, there's creative energy in the house. Yeah, yeah, and it's motivating too, because yeah. like I know he's doing something amazing, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I want to do something amazing too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, That's but also what's great about that kind of environment. Right? Oh, I love it. Like I love standards it. Standards are higher. Yeah, and he's just so beautiful, creatively, intellectually, like books. He's always giving me books. Like Suze, you'd love this, and like. You know, I, I love his brain. Like, he, he's just so generous with everything he knows about, which is, I think, uh, a very special quality. You know, like, he's not a dick about it. Like, he mm -hmm. wants to share. Yeah. Um, and I always want to learn. But, um, you know, I'm learning this new program. I'm learning Logic, which is like Pro Tools. And that's been a different approach to writing because I'm building these tracks, which is really fun. And then I'm writing the lyrics and the melodies to the tracks I've built, which I don't normally do it like that. I kind of like sit down and figure it out with my guitar. Um, so I'm kind of writing like pop songs right now, mm. which I'm not sure if they're for me or for others, but I, I enjoy the process. It's what, new... what do you mean by you're not sure if they're for you or for others? Because um, you can, I can write songs for other people. Do you do that often? Um, not often, but it's something I'm I'm starting to do, which is, is really fun. You know, like... That's what Sia did for a long, a long time. Like she was writing these hit songs, uh, and she also had Zero Seven, which is a band from the I think the '90s, and her own solo stuff, which was amazing. But like she like exploded after she'd written a bunch of hit songs for other artists, hmm. which I always thought was cool. So when you're writing these pop songs, are you writing them thinking? I don't know even know if this is for me. You're just just creating. No, you know, I'm just cre I'm just trying to get the idea out there. Like I, I try not to um, pepper it with an outcome, because mm. then it kind of feels like it's um, I don't know. I, I just just doesn't feel like the right place for me to come from when I'm mm. making something. Like I just want to formulate the idea and um, have it be beautiful and is you know best as I can. And you're just not even sure if it's for you. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. But like, How would you know, though, like if you're writing it and you're performing it and you're creating it and you're like, maybe this isn't even for me. Like, what gives you that feeling that it's is it that it doesn't fit with your image? Is it that? Maybe it's that maybe it's like, I'll bet somebody else could really sell this, mm. you know, because then it becomes, you know, it, it depends. Like, I don't even know what my image is, to be honest with you. And that's I think that's probably, probably good. yeah, like that's, I mean, I don't know. I was going to say that's half the problem for me is like, you can never fit me into a box. Like, and that's always been difficult. Like people just say I play Americana music, but like I play rock and roll and I also love synthesizers and all the stuff and, you know, uh, and soul music and, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's better. I think, I mean, some of my favorite artists, like they're so different from album to album. Like Sturgill's a great example. Of he's that. great. He's he's, great. Like, he's so different from mm -hmm. album to album. He yeah. flips people on their head. They're like, yeah. "What the fuck is he doing now?" But he also has the, I mean, he that the big record, you know, the first one. Like he has that that malleability to be able to do that. You mm -hmm. know, um, I mean, I guess everybody does. You can make whatever kind of music you want. Yeah, you know. But he, but, you know, what he does is he goes off grid. And he got rid of his phone, and he has a, one of them simple phones Fuck now. Yeah, that's awesome. All you can do is text him, <laughs> that's and it's so only great. green. Yeah, he, he can't get links. It's nothing. only green. He can't. Yeah, get... he didn't get links. I wanted to do that. I probably yeah. will at some point. 
He's just serious to, about it. Yeah. He's pretty disciplined about it, too. I think Jack just, White does that, too. Yeah. I, I heard once that, I mean, this is hearsay, that he doesn't even have a cell phone. I think he just has email. Mm. But, you know, that's the new punk rock, I guess. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people out there that are realizing that your brain is being captured by all these different things that are on your device. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it does occupy a lot of your time. Yes, yes, it does. My phone broke once when I was in Hawaii. We went to Lanai, and I dropped my phone, and it just started calling people randomly. <gasps> like, like, like you'd hang up on it to call a new person. Hang up and call oh, a new no. person. Oh, no. And I was like, look at this. This is nuts. And so I realized it was broken. So I had to get a new phone, but we were on Lanai, and it took like three or four days to ship it to, to me. Yeah. So I ordered it, and then three days, no phone. While How was that? I'm on vacation. It was amazing. Yeah. I was like, I have this like giant weight, lit, but I, meanwhile, I couldn't wait to get back to prison. Oh, yeah. To mental prison and get that phone and- <laughs> That Stockholm and, syndrome. And check all the texts that I yeah. got that don't mean anything. Like Falling in love with your captor. Once again, Greek tragedy. Mm, once again. <laughs> yeah, the, the the little dopamine rush that you get from checking text messages and emails. and so. I always feel so dirty mm. with that like, oh, look at all those likes I got. And I feel good <laughs> about myself. Like, damn it. Yeah, the likes, that's, that's a real, real fucking carrot at the end of the stick. You know what I did enjoy, and, and I try to like, but like, when I posted photos from my wedding, that was actually really cool. Yeah, <laughs> just sure. like it's all the love and support, life. and yeah. and then like, yeah, and and just it wasn't about uh, you know my career or anything. It was about like the most important thing in my life, and yeah. that that was cool. That's actual life. Yeah, that's what those things yeah. are supposed to be for. Mm -hmm. Sharing actual real moments with people you actually care about. The problem with social media is that it's, it's intoxicating and, and mm -hmm. people get drunk off of it and they just want to be just dosed yeah. all throughout the day. Well, I mean, man, I'll tell you what. I am so worried about our kids. Like, we grew up with our own stuff, right? Like, I grew up in the 90s and, like, you know, you would compare yourself to a magazine or something or, yeah. or like, the, the popular girls at school or whatever the fuck. And now, like, every reflection of your face is on something that you can manipulate and look better on your phone. And you can you can change, like, your bone structure. Um, I mean, all that stuff. Like, what a mindfuck of it's complexes. It's definitely a mindfuck. And, yeah. you know, also just, like, your attention span. We were, uh, I was talking with the guys outside about um, spelling. You know, mm -hmm. that uh, we're just suited up for so many bad spellers and, you know, because you have your autocorrect on your phone and you don't really write things out like on a piece of paper with a pencil or a pen. And, you know, those are call me a traditionalist. But one of the things that people realized <laughs> about like A.I. and recognizing problem words and flagging things, if you're writing cursive, A.I. doesn't pick that up. Oh, nice. So people are writing in cursive and then taking a photograph of that thing and then posting that. So you could post That's messages awesome. about certain things. I, I, and... I always write in cursive for the most part. Do you really? Mm -hmm. it's a I journal form. a lot. I love it. That's when a... I write somebody a card, it's cursive. Yeah. It's not as neat as I would like it to be, but it's it's but cursive. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. It's old school, old-timey writing. The calligraphy of today. Yeah. <laughs> I know this sounds crazy, but I have to pee. I have to pee, so, too. Okay. So let's pee, and then we'll come back. Let's play some music. Okay, great. Okay, all right. We'll be right back. Do you want to hear some music? Sure. So I told you I was going to play these songs that I haven't recorded or released, so this might be the only place you could hear them. Okay. <laughs> but I think I'm going to Beautiful. record them. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> 
is a dream, but I'm grinding my teeth and spilling my cup in the backseat and pulling your hair. You drive too slow, 'cause you don't care if we get there. Will we ever get there?、Mm. Sometimes I just wish that. Flesh and stone meat. 
beautiful body hard song's over I don't know I mean it's uh it's for you and whoever wants to hear it <laughs> um yeah it's weird because I only played that for my husband and a friend of mine so <laughs> wow. it's kind of it's kind of scary I guess because they're just little baby songs I just finished so <laughs> they might change I don't know it's just um, I don't know. I try not to be too precious about it. Like, um, <clears throat> that's delicious. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's vulnerable, you know, like, uh, so that's kind of scary. <laughs> Do you ever think of what you have, who you would have been if you didn't discover music? 
Oh, yeah, I would have been living in Cleveland selling pizza and spaghetti at my family's restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Did they ever think about that? Because, like, there's things that happen in our lives, and you you get into that thing, then it changes who you are. Well, you know, I, I uh, I was a teen model, and then I was an actor, and I was a working actor. And I had, like, I lived in New York, and I moved to L.A. when I was uh, almost 20. And I was doing pretty well in New York. And then when I got to L.A., I had to get to the back of the line of the acting world. And, I, and like, my love for it had changed into desperation because I wanted to work. Like, I needed money. And so my – when I think about, like, if I'd stayed in New York and I – I feel like I might have done really well as an actor for a little while. Who knows? That's, you know. But I don't know what kind of person I would have become. Like, I... Mm. Because music is such a... It's so different. Like, when you're acting, like, you are employed by a company and a director and a writer and, and and all the things that, like, you embody the thing, but it's not necessarily yours in a way. You know, like... Music is is personal. It's uh, therapeutic. It's um, a, a sincere outlet, you know, that is healthy in in a lot of ways. That like, um, so I always wondered, like, man, would I have been a total dick mm. <laughs> if I'd like made it as an actor? Right. But um, yeah, it's weird. What about you? What do you like if you didn't do comedy? If you if you weren't acting when you were younger, like I'd be love mess. watching you on news radio. By the way, like, it's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. I'm like, that's my friend, and and like my daughter loves it. Like she's like, make sure you tell Joe how much we love news radio. It's so weird, <laughs> a young me. You were great. It's so fun, and that that show was funny. It was a good show. It was really good. It spoiled me for sure. I went from being on a really bad show to being on that show. Was what was really, the other show? It was called Hardballs on Fox. Hmm. Started off really good, really good writers. Yeah. Uh, these guys who wrote for The Simpsons, they wrote for Married with Children. And it was that classic okay. story of the network getting involved and mm. ruining it and yeah. putting on a, a, a hack a executive wow. producer who had done a bunch of hacky sitcoms, like really clunky, shitty sitcoms. Yeah. And he just wasn't very good. And there was a right. lot of you know talented people on the show. That's such a tough thing as an actor, too, because, like, a job's a job. Like, mm-hmm. you want to, like, do you want to do that or do you want to bartend? But then do you want to, like, does that torpedo your career for a future, you know, pro- like, it's just such I a roll of the dice. I didn't have any aspirations. So I was uh, extremely, uh, fort- it was just luck. It was yeah. 100% luck. Like, I didn't take any acting lessons. I wasn't an really? actor. No, I wasn't an actor at all. Yeah, but you have that bold spirit that's, like, going to take risks. So, like, that is what an actor is. Like, you're not, like, I mean, obviously, like, I'm sure you kept learning more about it as you did it. But, like, you know, like, committing to this story that's in front of you and, like, becoming this thing. Like, Yeah, well, my point was that it wasn't something that I was interested in doing. It was okay. something that was offered to me. Total love. And you were also doing comedy. Yes. Okay. I was doing stand-up first. Right. And that's how I got a development deal. Cool. And uh, they made that. me go to an acting coach in New York. I went like a couple of times, but it was very, I didn't enjoy it. It, was, it just felt weird. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, I felt like the kind of acting, if you're talking about like Daniel Day-Lewis acting, yeah, that is really fucking hard. Right. But if you're talking about me playing a dumbass on TV... Like, I can do that. I know how to perform. It's, like, not much different than stand-up. It's like a next-door neighbor of stand-up. 
because you're doing it in front of a live crowd and you're mm-hmm. interacting with other people that are really funny. Yeah. Not that hard. Yeah. It's just different. You just got to get used to doing it. And the, the, I think it's the only way you really get used to doing it is like if you were doing it with other people. Like mm-hmm. an acting class like I was taking, I just don't know how effective that was. But the point is, it's like when I was doing it, it wasn't something I wanted to do and it was terrible. The show was terrible. We all knew it was terrible. And then um, because of all the aforementioned problems that they had with it. And then right after that, that show gets canned and then I get on news radio. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like the greatest show. How many seasons did you Five do? Five seasons. That's amazing. Yeah. We did four with uh, Phil Hartman and one with John Lovitz. And did that set up your life? Like in the, like you could set up your finances and- like... Not really. No. Mm-mm. No, because I was a moron and I spent every dollar I earned. Copy that. <laughs> Isn't that such a thing? I feel like they should teach, like no one taught me about money either. I had to learn yeah. the hard way. Like, and that sucks. Like, yeah. that's such a valuable skill set to have. One thing it did, it get, gave me freedom. Like, because I sure. had some money, I didn't worry about not having any money for food or rent or shit like that, which is like the real heavy expense. Mm-hmm. The heavy thing over people's head is like their credit card debt, whatever debt they have. And I remember when I first started making money, the first thing that I noticed was the lightness of like life had a oh, lightness yeah. to it because the stress of bills were off. And I was like, wow, how much yeah. is that weight yeah. you're carrying around your shoulders all the time? Because yeah. it felt like like physically I felt like a weight was lifted off of me. Of course. Yeah. Um, That is like <sighs> sometimes too like. That's like a spiritual practice too. Like you have to get out of that struggle mm-hmm. mindset because, like, think about like people that win the lottery and then spend it all in six months and go right back to where they were. Like it is, it's energy, you know, and and it's acceptance and um, having a really interesting relationship with yourself and what you view as needs. You know, like mm-hmm. you think you need, like I need that car. I yeah. need this blah, blah, blah. I need it. Yeah, yeah. You know, all the shit that you really don't at all. Mostly it's nonsense. Nonsense. Mostly nonsense. Mm-hmm. You can enjoy some things that you like. The idea that you don't enjoy like physical things, like a piece of art like this thing. Like I enjoy this thing. It's physical That's thing. I but think... I, it, obviously because it's art. But even, you know, there's stuff that people enjoy about wealth, but it's generally not worth the amount of effort that you have to apply to get those things. Mm-hmm. What really is valuable is the things that you enjoy that make you happy, mm-hmm. whether it's fly fishing or whether it's Big fucking, hand. yeah, whatever mm-hmm. whatever your thing is. Right. Like the, the only thing that's going to make you happy is doing that thing. Right. The other stuff that comes with it, like the money and stuff like that, is like... That can become a problem of its own for some people because you start concentrating only on that and making more of that. And what do I have to do to maximize that? And then that becomes a primary focus as opposed to like what you what you actually enjoy doing. Well, and you and you know these people, right? Mm-hmm. The people that like they're very unhappy. Yeah, like that is a lifestyle that is uh, a perpetual um, agony, almost in some ways. Like it's just yeah. it gets. I don't know, like you outgrow it and then you're like, what are you going to be like that old guy who's like, you know, on his boat with all the women, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. like I, I, um, where does it go? Where do you go? Does he go to the South of France with a diamond encrusted watch and you know, you showing everybody what you have? Like, what are you doing? Well, there's that contemplate your death thing again. You know, it's yeah. like, it's nice to set up your family and, and make sure everybody's okay and provided for. And, and it is freedom, but also like it'll tear families apart. Money will, will, will ruin people. Like it's a very fickle thing. Yeah, um, it certainly can. And the access to it, 
like family money like if there's like some dude who owns some oil company and he's dying and all the family starts fighting over how much you know they're trying to get closer to dad and you know right. you know what she's been saying behind your back and like what that yeah. cunt yeah <laughs> no I mean, it's, it's ugly and sad and yeah people are nuts when 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 it comes to money and i've seen it with the saddest ones are when when someone dies and like the family's fighting with the boyfriend of the person who died or the girlfriend. Oh it's like, I, yeah, Jesus I mean, it's, Christ. It's, it's. They're squabbling over money. And they have lawyers involved, and the lawyers are looking out for their best interests, or everybody's trying to get a piece. There's like that middle road for me of, because I've had my whole life, like, you know, except for now, which is so new for me in, in a way, um, but like, feast or famine like music is like you get a record deal and and it's never even feast it's like you get like 30 grand and you live in la and that's and you have to split it and you get 10.99 right <laughs> so like none of that works <laughs> like that it all sucks um i mean like when i was in honey honey we were we would do months and months and months of touring and i would come back in the hole because like it costs so much money to be out there and then you you know but you're like having this great experience and you're, you're spreading your work and you get to do your work. Um, and you know, you still like, you're not starving, but like you don't have your own apartment. <laughs> you know, right. it's, it's really interesting. Um, and I had to work like really hard, like, you know, emotionally and spiritually on my relationship with my struggle as an artist, like, um, and then like getting over it. Uh, when I, when I, I toured with Hosier. Uh, I was in his band, and that was like the first time in my life. I, I like I had a like I made really nice money in that band, and it set me up for my record. and And it was the first time I really didn't worry, and that was only like three years ago. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But you and you know and Honey <laughs> Honey together, particularly, g- gave me real insight into how difficult it is to make in the music business, because I always thought you just had to be talented. and it's just it's weird what catches and what doesn't catch because i remember the first time i saw you guys i'm like these guys are gonna be fucking huge you know what though there's so many different rewards with it where it's like um like we've made so many great friends i've made so many wonderful friends i have these beautiful relationships with my extended family that i would never see if i weren't a touring musician like my cousins in Atlanta who I love so much um I would never have a relationship with these people if I didn't see them a couple times a year and they're yeah. wonderful and like there there's all these other rewards and 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 there are a lot of people that notice it that notice like oh man I I see you I see what's going on here like you know and then there's other people that think that like my life is glamorous or something like you you have the like, mm. absolute wrong idea the music business is very hard <laughs> yeah. there's kings right there's like the gary clarks and yeah he's a king for sure there's kings yeah. you know but he's a like, good king he's a great king he's he's one of the good ones he's one of the good ones yeah yeah he's one of the best ever agreed he's uh you know there's roger waters you know there's people that can just like sell everything everywhere mm-hmm. and but then, roger like came up in a very different time mm-hmm. when like yeah. Even if you weren't Pink Floyd and you weren't Roger, like you could still make a ton of money in some ways, like depending on who you were and what kind of music you were playing, you know, with like one song. Because records would sell. Because people and you paid would get for the it. money for it. Yeah. yeah. That changed everything. Yeah. With That was the number one thing that enhanced some people's appreciation for music and killed 
record sales mm-hmm. all in one thing. It's a very double-edged sword, Spotify. <laughs> well, it was way before that. It was way, really yeah. Napster. Yeah, Napster. Napster was free. I used to download all that shit and then like fry my Dell computer with viruses because like, <laughs> you know, you'd fi- like you'd get a you'd get a clue on what's the new like download service and yeah. then you know, I remember like all these tricks to like override my computer so I could just burn that CD. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I remember the Napster days, and I remember like having like a personal agreement with myself that if I got something from Napster and it was good, I'd go buy the CD. Yeah. So I'd make a personal agreement. Yeah. Well, I just felt gross because here I am. I'm on television, and I've got Napster. Yeah. I'm getting stuff for free. That's gross. So I just well, and you, you, but you're an artist, so you know the difference. And but also, P.S. Like, if there's someone that can't afford my music and they want to hear it, like, please listen to it. Like. Mm. You know, like it's at this point, some of it feels like an act of service and I'm not mad at that. Like I love to play music for people. It's my favorite thing in the world. Like it really is. And I keep getting better at it. So why would I stop? You know, and like I keep learning new things about, you know, my violin or, you know, my banjo. And like I picked up my banjo for the first time recently and I forgot how much I loved it, you know, and I used to play that thing every night. Uh, You know, it's just kind of at this point in terms of artistic commodities and and like monetizing this stuff, like what I really care about is is the human experience of of that moment when you're having that connection and you're sharing this thing. Like I have these I have these gifts, right? Like I'm going to call it that. and, And like they're meant to be shared. Whether it's in my living room or uh, in front of, in front of thousands and thousands of people, and, and I've, I've done I've done both, it. and it's great. Yeah, the nature of it, it it's meant to be shared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, like you know, extracting my ego from my expectations of what I thought it was going to be like, or or what, like I have no idea. I have no idea what the world's going to be like. I mean, like look at the last couple of years. Did any of us like right. anticipate? We're on the brink of a nuclear war. Oh, of course. A hundred percent. Nobody real. talks about that. Nobody talks about Nobody that. Nobody talks about the Nord Stream pipeline and all the shit and like, yeah. oh my God. This is a wild time. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like any chance I can have quality time with my friends yeah. and my family, like Don't I, you think we got that out of COVID at the very Absolutely. least? Absolutely. Like yeah. if we can remember what it was like in the beginning days, because in the beginning days when everything was shutting down and we didn't know how long it was going to last and whether or not anything would come back to normal again. Mm-hmm. There was this importance of what actually matters, your loved ones, yeah. the people you care about. Like, I had to resign myself to never doing stand-up again. I was like, yeah, okay, was I guess that's over. Same. I guess stand-up's over. Did I over. tell you about when I was I was uh, quarantined with my parents for five weeks in South Carolina yeah, the, in their gated community? Yeah. And I would go for walks every night and just cry. <laughs> but, like, everybody's so friendly. Yeah. So I'd be like, hi, how are you? <laughs> so, I, mean, I thought my life was over. Yeah. And then I was trying so to find all my gratitude of like, man, I had so much fun. And I and I did and I do. But like, you know, it's ha- having the experiences that I got to have uh, as a musician, man, what a what a treat. Yeah, for sure. And and like again, I still get to have them as, as long yeah. as, as long as I can and you know. Yeah, you're really fucking good at it. That show that you put on here Thank at you. that private club was amazing. Oh, was really thanks. Fun. I thought I did a terrible job no, that night. No, you were great. <laughs> you were great. I love, I don't get that much 
opportunity to see live music even though it's here all the time you got to do it there's so many great people in I town just, it's I, fun i have to for my own head too i think you should go to sea boys sometime or like What's continental that? club yeah i heard continental clubs is shit all good I'd and like, like to go to that. um uh jimmy vaughn plays at sea boys a bunch oh yeah stevie ray's brother and yeah. he's great and he's friends with gary you know gary last summer brought brought us on to blues on the green which was like, we played in front of like 30,000 people. Jeez. And it was so fun. Wow. He's so great. But Jimmy played, I played, um, a couple other folks played, and it was just like, the community here is is spectacular. Mm. It's so different from LA, it's different from New York, it's different from Nashville. It's not a, there's no, in, like, there's no like song machine industry here, like in, in like LA and, and Nashville right. and New York. It's its own thing. It's really what Willie and all the like highway men like yeah. it's maintained its integrity. It's beautiful. I, I'm so grateful to be a part of it and like I wanna give all my best qualities to this city musically. Like I'm I'm so pumped to be here as a musician. It's fucking great. I feel the same way about comedy. About yeah. Comedy here. Yeah, comedy here is very exciting. Well, you brought so a bunch many... of people with you, didn't you? <laughs> like, you kind of redefined it. Like, what was yeah. it before you came back? Or you well, got they here? had, like, a little scene. <laughs> they had a little scene. But when we decided, yeah, sure, when we decided to come here, it 100% changed everything. We, uh, when we came here, you know, we well, brought... Well, I was talking about your pastel cartel. Oh, but... is that what you want? Yeah. I want some of this, too. Maybe. Doing. Maybe one hit before I get stupid. Thanks. The pastel's calling you, thanks, huh? Thanks. A little bit. There's this uh, meme of me and Theo Vaughn, and we're we're uh, he's so funny. Hitting, he's the best. We're doing vapes, and I go, "How addictive is that thing?" He goes, "Very <laughs> addictive." And there's like a thing where like people people use that, and it's a voiceover, so they lip sync to it, <laughs> doing all kinds of things. That That's conversation hilarious. with Theo and I talking about vape pens. He's so funny. <laughs> you got some fun friends. I love Tony. Theo's moving here. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So Tom Segura, Christina Pazitsky, Tony Hinchcliffe, uh, Derek Poston, uh, David mean. Lucas, Hans Kim, William Montgomery, you know, um, uh, Ron White. Oh, Duncan great. Trussell. No shit. Yeah, they all live great. here now. I mean, we got a fucking army of so fun. hitters. Yeah. These shows that we were doing, we're doing one at the Vulcan tonight. I'm doing the Creek in the Cave tomorrow. We've been doing these shows. They're fucking fun as shit. It's great. It's yeah, great. and people are coming in from all over the world yeah. to these, these shows. That's my dream, is to like build a theater here on the other, like the music, storytelling, like with Nick. Like he could write a one-man show for Matthew McConaughey or something. Like, I mean, it's it's all like at this point, thanks. Um, you know, at least for me, like the old model is, is just, it's like, People aren't, were not coming out to shows this last year when I was touring. I played a bunch of fun festivals. It was awesome. But Loved you would it. rather have a place where you could just go all the time. In yeah, there. I'd love Fuck like a Largo yeah. of the South, you know? Yeah. Like that that was LA. Like Largo is was, is, was a beautiful place. I loved when I got to play there. And like all the, like there's a lot of comedy, there's a lot of sketch um, shows and things like that. And I was a guest a lot, which was really fun. I'd get to come in and play a couple songs and then peace out. But, you know, in terms of 
like my family and you know I don't want to be away all the time right and you know like you have to balance all that shit and yeah. I'm at that point in my life which is such a blessing like I I do not look at it as an obstacle like the um the fear-based side of me would be like oh god your life is over but the other part of me that knows what's good for me is like this is so amazing I get to wake up with a family and great dogs and uh, like my mornings are so simple and beautiful and when I get to tour and when I do tour it's awesome but like like my priorities are them you're just trying to do your art and then if you could do your art locally it would be great for the most part yeah yeah that's that's our idea of uh, opening up the comedy club here too right same thing right and you just like an old friend <laughs> You just took a hit off that vape pen like it was an old friend. It is an old friend. Hello, old friend. I don't know this one, but I like it. Oh, it's a limited edition. Oh, limited edition. <laughs> this is my kryptonite. <sighs> yeah, those uh, that nicotine gets people. Thanks, thanks, thanks. You're a good friend. It's a good shot. It sure does. It, it gives you like a, a woo. Yeah, it's but an interesting little woo. But that one in particular yeah. than other ones. Um, it's so funny. There, that that one is everywhere. Yeah, they're legit. Are they? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't like its grip on me. You said that so convincingly. I don't know. I don't know. I'll be honest with you always. You count, count on me for that. I do. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, no, we're, we're both super lucky we found the thing we do. It's a, it's a good life. It is. But, like, again, like, thanks for bringing me to Austin. I'm so happy you came. You really, like... I'm so happy so many people listened to me. I was like, listen, I think we got a way out of this. Yeah. But we got abandoned ship. And it was the right call. It really was the right It's a hard call, but it's an exciting call. Because when you do something new like that and you go to a new environment, it gives you, you a chance to sort of rethink everything. Rethink, reset. Yeah. Uh, new pathways. Reevaluate. Everything yeah. is different. The, mm -hmm. the town's different. The people are different. Mm -hmm. The vibe's different. Mm -hmm. You got a, a whole new sort of like reset of what your priorities are in life. Yeah. Well, man, I, I, I've never associated with the like autopilot. You know, um, and even if I were in a place where I I weren't doing what I do and having this kind of life, like I would want to read, I would want to learn a craft, I would want to yeah. become a falconer. You know, all the things. <laughs> True yeah, story. But, I believe you. But like, it, you know, reexamine my life, contemplate my thoughts, and and you know, uh, really just grow. Like, why the fuck not? Right. Why the fuck not? Yeah. There, there's just too much life to to live and also like again like the more I stay away from my phone and all that stuff that that takes away from my um you know my own agency and my person and like just sit back and like look around like you know I'm very lucky and I'm very grateful I really am Aziz Ansari was talking about that on stage the other night there's a video of it of him he has a flip phone now Good for him. And he's like, I got my brain back. Yeah. I got my mind back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how long are you in the bathroom in the morning when you have your phone with you? It's a lot longer than it used to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get hemorrhoids from sitting on the toilet ah. for too long. It's bad for you. I, I'll you like, know. I'll like spear it away when I'm like, I got to pee. And then I'll just yeah. be in there yeah, sitting. Yeah, forever. And you can hear the videos or whatever I'm watching. And I'll hear like, <laughs> I'll hear like, 
Are you watching videos in the bathroom? <laughs> no? It's embarrassing. It's as embarrassing as someone asking you if they woke you up. When yeah. You're like, no, I'm awake. I was, like, you always lie. So always lie. I was wide awake. I'm wide awake. Well, I, I talk in my sleep. And so I'll have like I'll I'll say something and then I'll realize I said something and then I'll try to justify it like I meant that like I, what I just said was like no 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 you're not gonna make fun of me like I, I talking in the sleep's a weird one. I was singing in my sleep. Really? And Nick, Out loud? Yeah, I sang wow. in my sleep and I, and I woke myself up when I woke up. Nick, and he went. He was like shh, <laughs> and I almost went. You love this song. That's hilarious. We had this like cross like oh anyway. We, I talk in my sleep, and then I try to make it make sense. Back in my because I'm embarrassed. Taekwondo days, I would have taekwondo dreams. I would really, have kicking dreams. I'd like wake up kicking. Sounds dangerous. Yeah, yeah I'd wake up like moving very fast in the sheets. Yeah, yeah. I was like programming my brain oh for my taekwondo God. competition. So when I was sleeping, I was having taekwondo matches in my head. That's hilarious. It's true. It's true. I used to have kicking. Jeez, I'd wake up like in the middle of a kick. Like my whole body would be moving like I was kicking. Oh my God. Yeah, while I was asleep. Yeah, wow. It was so stupid. Programmed. Yeah, but that's what it is. It's like you're programming yourself for something. Yeah, well, it's like the song thing. Like yeah. it, it'll if you're really... singing in your sleep, if you're think, thinking about thinking. your songs, yeah. and while you're, you're sleeping, you're singing. It makes sense. Totally makes sense. Like, because you're programming your mind yeah. to create songs. I also do this thing like uh, when there's a you know, burgeoning confrontation on the horizon that needs to be had with somebody. I uh, am having the conversation in my half sleep, like in the wee hours of the morning. And it, and it is like this, it, it feels haunting. Like, it's like, oh, fuck, I finally got to do it. Like, I got to tell him. I got I yeah. gotta say the thing I just have been avoiding. Like, it will keep me up at night, mm. which feels really unfair. I can't just ignore it. <laughs> It'll like kick me upside the head until I take care of it, and then I sleep like a baby. It's the weirdest thing. It's probably a good thing though, because if you could just go to sleep whenever you have like real conflicts going on, if they didn't bother you enough, mm. maybe you'd never resolve them. Correct. You know, and maybe yeah. that's like some people's problems that they they don't accept. Maybe you don't learn how to accept it. You don't learn how to like think about interpersonal interactions and problems and issues and. I think that um, disputes. I think that's your spirit that's like, clean up. Yeah. <laughs> Go clean up. Your place is a fucking mess. Yeah, you're, you're creating <laughs> unnecessary negativity. Yeah. There's plenty of necessary negativity out there. Yeah. You don't need to create any unnecessary negativity. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And that's like like little pieces fall in place when you have conversations, when you're with people. Like, you put this there, and then they put mm -hmm. that there, and then you're like, but what about this? And then the, the next thing you know, like, a totally unnecessary dispute takes place. <laughs> It's common things for humans. Well, to be challenged is is a gift in in, in so many ways because yeah. like, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? Um, you know, conversation you don't want to have or that thing about yourself you don't like. Like, you got to do something. Yeah. You know, because it's gonna it's gonna keep getting you. And like, I um, you know, you you get these opportunities to like obtain like a piece of wisdom if you can help it. You know, and um, it's always through this, the darker things or the things that are fucking annoying. Yeah. And lately I've been so aware of my lineage, like my family tree and like my parents, my grandparents, my great grandparents and me. And then, you know, 
my my stepdaughter and you know if we have more kids like where I sit in this line of generational um, personalities and habits and and where I see the mistakes and, and where I want to make corrections and it, it's really powerful I, I mean you really have to look at yourself and the things you don't like and the things you you like or love and um, it's a, it's a really defining moment lately like I, I just feel my again, responsibility to what is most important. And there, there's like, I'm so proud to be from the family I'm from and like the kind of people. And then there's so many things I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> you know. Um, and it feels like a, a real job to like heal generational wounds and bad habits. And mm. uh, yeah, I'm just like, because I, I, if I, whatever I can do, I want to give the best things to my children, you know? Mm. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to be a good person. But I come from this really long line of hustlers. Like my great grandmother was a bookie. My great grandfather was a bootlegger. <laughs> my grandfather was a bookie and a prisoner of war for two years in Jeez. world war two. Like he was shot down from an airplane. And, like, he was a waste gunner, like, one of the most dangerous jobs you could have. And he got captured, and, and like, he survived an 82-day death march and, and, like, made it back home to Cleveland. And, like, he married my grandmother, who was an excellent cook, and all the money he had from being a bookie, uh, they, they built this these restaurants in Cleveland with my grandma's recipes and and it's amazing. Like the food's so good and it's like my family legacy and I'm just fascinated by those people. And I, I'm, I feel really lucky to, to be their granddaughter. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a fascinating fucking story. It's pretty wild. How did he survive? Oh man. Um, how did he survive the crash? He parachuted out. So he parachuted it out, mm-hmm. and then he gets captured. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. He, so he never talked about his experience until he was almost 80. So he didn't tell, like, my, even my dad, like, nobody knew what my grandfather went through. And he got inspired by somebody to, to finally tell us what he, like, to tell his family. And he took a year um, doing voice recordings with, with his sister, I'm pretty sure it was my Aunt Rita, um, to tell a story. And then, like, one day when I was in L.A. when I was 22, I got this book in the mail. And it was his, like, he gave it to our family so we could all know about what his experience in World War II was and being a prisoner of war. And, it, I mean, it was, I mean, it, I mean, I was bawling. It's, like, makes me emotional just talking about it. Like, I, I, he had finally had this moment where he felt like it was okay to tell everybody. And it was, like, very polite and, and sanitized. And, and then, like, by the end of his life, he really wanted to talk about it more and more in greater detail. But um, he carried one of his friends um, during that 82-day march because I, I can't remember where they were moving them. But it was, you know, like, you walk for 82 days. Like, you can't stop to take a shit or pee. Like, you just, like... He had dysentery, he had lice, like he was dis- he was filthy. And and I like actually shortly before he died, I went to visit him and, and 
he was telling, like, he just wanted to talk and, like, tell me these things. And, um, you know, I remember him saying to me, like, and he, like, looked me in the eye and he, he was like, you do not know filth. You don't know filth. And just being, like, if you stopped, they killed you. So you had to keep going. And uh, one of his friends, he carried him. And, and, and I remember this old man because my parents used to send us to Florida where like in the summers where my grandparents lived. And we'd spend like two, three weeks with them. And it was awesome. But, you know, Grandpa was usually uh, watching The Sopranos with his headphones on, <laughs> and, like doing his own thing. <laughs> but, you know, they were, they were so Italian. Um, but... <laughs> His old friend was all like, I remember, I think it was, I, 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 like, I don't want to butcher this, but I think it was his friend, uh, Mr. Dragonetti. And like, they were friends till their very old age. And, you know, they had this experience together, this horrible experience. Um, but like, you know, not to like ramble on unless you want to hear more about it. Like, I'm just so amazed at that sacrifice and courage and bravery and and just fortune to survive and then to have a life after that and then i think about somebody posting their fucking video about working too long at starbucks <laughs> and i'm like fuck you i'm sorry fuck your fucking feelings like <laughs> you're gonna be fine you know people are very soft they are but there's that expression i love to repeat it that the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Yes, yes. And it seems like microtransgressions are a big deal uh, if that's yeah. all you're yeah. experiencing. Yeah. But if you've been through a horrible life experience like your grandfather did, you'd have a completely different perspective about what's important in life. Well, it's Because a, that would be like the worst thing you could possibly imagine. Yeah, yeah. It's just like most people's... We, we, we are very fortunate to live the way we live now. Correct. Most of our interactions with other people are peaceful. Mm -hmm. That's so rare in human history. You know, I used to feel really strongly about, and I still feel like this to a degree, but I used to feel really strongly about other people's experiences being really difficult for them. Like, what's the worst for you is the worst for you. Right. And, and being like, man, that must be really hard for you. I'm really sorry. I, like, not sorry, but like, like, I don't think that's a big deal, but it's a big deal for you right. or, you know, whoever you yes. is. And like, but at this point, like the reckless, flagrant emotions and encouragement to be soft and not like grow from your journey and, and learn from your suffering, like the encouragement to exploit your suffering is so foul to me. You know, like there's a way through. It's not that. And like. I understand that those moments, like the video I was just talking about where someone's having a hard day and, and complaining about, you know, their limited skill set in life, um, emotionally speaking, I kind of lost my empathy for that kind of thing. Like, I just, like, we should know better than that. Yeah, Everybody's all, having also, a hard time. Everybody's working. The problem is social media because that would be a normal thing that a person would do. Sure. Like, that fuck would just these be like hours a bad day. Starbucks and you would tell your friend. But now you're telling your friend on TikTok. Right. And you're, you're tagging people and people share it because it's ridiculous. Well, it becomes this convoluted thing that is very influential and, and, and discouraging in terms of like finding the way through. Yeah. So, okay, what are you going to do? You're going to not work as much and then you're not going to have as much money and you're not going to be able to take care of yourself. What does that mean? 
Yeah, what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) It's so on its head. But the worst thing that could happen is that something would shake us out of it. The worst thing that could happen was like a world event would shake us out of it. Nuclear war? Yeah, like a nuclear war, like no bullshit. Like that's so possible right now. It's so possible. It's more possible than it has ever been in our lifetimes since the Cold War. There's so many different ways it's going to happen, you know? Yeah. And, and... All of it is fucking super sketchy. All of it is, it's so, it it fills you with anxiety because you feel completely powerless to these world events that are going on. Well, you're not powerless. Like the best thing you can do is what you're doing, keep making comedy and and, like keep making music. Like that's the best you can do. And also, P.S., you are like, you're one of the best ones for the platform for getting people informed and and or inspiring people and just hanging out with your friends like you have the whole one-stop shop so technically you're doing a lot <laughs> me i'm just writing songs in the basement oh you're doing a lot while you're on here <laughs> but it's not even doing a lot it's like what most people would be doing they could just talk to each other you know the the beautiful thing that about being true. able to do this show is just to be able to talk to people all sorts of different people i had a farmer on yesterday really it was fucking fascinating this guy, Where? Will Harris from White Oaks Pasture. It's in Georgia, right? It's a farm in Georgia. It's a regenerative farm. He he turned it from an industrialized farm okay. into a regenerative farm over 20 years. What's a, I, I don't know what a regenerative farm The is. difference between using external herbicides and pesticides mm. and all, all sorts of shit that's like makes it much easier to farm, but mm-hmm. it's toxic ultimately for the land. Okay. And so he went over the details of like why he did what he did, what he learned, and how he went from transitioning this family farm that he had inherited, mm-hmm. which was traditionally like, you know, the way industrialized farms are working. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they put all this industrialized fertilizer everywhere and then it gets in the rainwater. It's fucking terrible. No, I know. So they, they, were, they decided to turn it around and it took like 20 years, he said. Wow. Yeah. And just what it's done to the soil and the way... So everything works in the, a natural cycle. Like the way he describes it, I think is like mimicking a natural cycle. I mean, that's where we're at. Like nothing is what it. Like the same salmon you're eating now is not the same salmon from 20 years ago because right. we've had like all kinds of farming and it's cross, you know, bred yes. and then so like all the species have changed. Mm-hmm. They've evolved into whatever they are now, and you know, they're like. I mean, I guess that's the way through. Like, they also have poly farming. Have you ever heard about that? Sure. And yeah, Polyface Farms mm-hmm. is uh, Joel Salatin's place. Yeah, he's been on the podcast a couple. Oh, of really? Times. Cool. That guy drinks out of troughs <laughs> where cows drink, so he can get the biome <laughs> for his immune system. I wonder how long it took <laughs> to adapt to that. Yo. I mean, was he in the bathroom for like I a mean, month or what? What were the hard days? <laughs> oh, Tell me what Christ. the hard days were, Joel. Because <laughs> I would imagine He's like, you would have Joe, diarrhea. I don't have a butthole anymore. <laughs> you would, you would want to send a raven with that diarrhea story. <laughs> You're going like, <laughs> to put cannot. a scroll on a raven's that foot. That was my that first story. thought. I was like, that guy was in the bathroom for at least four weeks. Forever. <laughs> what kind of diarrhea does that give you? Oh, my God. He's drinking water that the cows drink out of. I mean, you're going to get some parasites. Like, actually, that sounds pretty, pretty. He was one of the first guys who, like, was completely dismissive of COVID in that way. He wasn't worried about it at all. 
He's well, like, I, I take care of my immune system not, and he supplements his immune system. Doesn't sound surprising. <laughs> Ooh, but what if he's right? What if he's right? Like, what if, I mean, that's the thing about like little kids you'll see, like when they're really little, especially, they touch everything, they put everything in their mouth. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, it's almost like they're trying to do that. They're right. trying to like medicate themselves to right, the world. Just naturally? I, yeah, mean, I think it's natural. I think it must be. There, because I, they're exposing themselves to dirt and grime. And the more kids, when kids do that, I wonder, my question would be like, is keeping them sanitary bad for their immune system? And is keeping them, like letting them put whatever in their mouth dangerous to them because some things are toxic? Like, what's the fine line? I think line? The o- it's overcorrection with sanitizing, and also it's both. It's both it's because both, you have right? to factor in the like super bugs that have formed from all of our antibiotics and, mm. and our you know antibiotic resistance and like Dude, I mean right it's... when I was starting to relax, you got to hit me with super bugs. Oh, shit. Okay, let's go back. Let's keep <sighs> talking about um... that stuff is terrifying. Like, Mer- <laughs> like MRSA, yeah, medication resistant yeah. staff. Oof. No, I, I was paddleboarding on Ladybird Lake and I like fell in hard and like all this water up went up my nose and I was like, I hope I don't get an amoeba. <laughs> <laughs> For like two days, I was like, keep me on amoeba watch. <laughs> Dude, people get amoebas. I know. I they, know. They get brain parasites. Look, but we're here now, okay? And yeah. And like so far, I'm pretty sure my brain doesn't have a parasite. Yeah. Pretty sure. But, uh, you know, only time will tell. <laughs> I've had several friends that got parasites. Yeah. Overseas. Well, I'm actually like, I'm doing a um, four-month parasite cleanse. Oh. And it, you don't have to change your diet. It's supplements you take. And... The Shouldn't you check friends. to see if you actually have a parasite first? So it's also a heavy metal detox. It's kind of a bunch of things, and that's a, a s- side to it. Is all it. that stuff real? So my very dear friends that have done this have told me about the parasites that came out of their body in mm. month, month two or three. Can you do is a heavy metal detox? Is that a real thing? Can you do that? Yeah. Is that possible? What do you do? Is that a real thing, Jamie? What do I do for it? No, what can anybody do? There's a it's joke like, in here. Heavy metal detox. Yeah. <laughs> Start listening a, to Sade. I had arsenic in my system at one point in time. Okay, I'm sure. Because I was eating too many sardines. <laughs> what, really? Yeah. How many sardines were you eating, Joe? I was eating a lot. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was eating cans of them a day. <laughs> That's too the, many. <laughs> I know. And th- so the guy could, that easily could be it. Because it was tr- like trace Were you amounts. married at this point? No. Because no. I was like, how much making out were you doing? It, it was... <laughs> It was just eating sardines. <laughs> they, they're they're in, living in pollution. Yeah. Okay. So they're at the bottom of the water. And okay. That's where all the all the heavy metals and stuff. I yeah. guess Sit. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, we were talking about your your farmer friend who was on yesterday. Yeah. Like the whole ecosystem and landscape is fucked. It, whether it's from pesticides and and that kind of thing or mining. Mm. I, I was fly fishing on the Clark Fork ri- River in Montana. It's beautiful. Like. No cell service, ospreys, eagles, like all of it, you name it, gorgeous, pristine, not a piece of trash for miles. But you can't eat the fish in the river because of these mines that they that were leaking in the 80s that were uh, like all kinds of mercury. I don't know if it's mercury, but like whatever they were leaking has infected the entire river and you cannot eat the fish. Oh, no. But you wouldn't know it looking at it. It doesn't look polluted. It, It doesn't look like trash. It's just... Do you really need to do a parasite cleanse? Uh-oh, are you going to call it's me out? It's highly unlikely that you have intestinal parasites. But even if you do, a home remedy won't do much. Well, I'll, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> oh, 
I don't know. It's Consumer Reports from July. Yeah. Oh, that's year. recently. Yeah. That might be horseshit. Fuck! It was expensive. <laughs> the thing is, it's <laughs> yes, like if you, you actually do have a parasite, like then there's well, like very specific here's medication. A, here's that you a story. Take. So, during our uh, fearful COVID, all the shit, um, to not this September, but 2021, I I had some touring to do, and a friend of mine with their very fancy doctor in Hollywood, like top of the top, asked about, hey, do you have any preventative COVID measures? And also, if you get if we get COVID, you know, what should we take? And so I'd been having stomach issues for a really long time, and Ways to Well helped me discover that I had a bacteria called H. pylori. So oh, I had to yeah, take like I had to take antibiotics, and I tried the natural stuff, and then finally I kicked it. But I still was like sick for a while, and I, what I kept, causes that? It's it's like a bacteria that like we have staff and we have all the stuff, and some some of our immune systems just like get overtaken by it, and I was one of them. So. I, I mean, I was sick for like a year. Whoa. Like my stomach hurt. I got to a point where I was just drinking broth. Like that was, Jesus and even then, Christ. like I was just uncomfortable. Here it is. Aleocobacter um, pylori. H. pylori, H. pylori. Yeah. Uh, infection occurs when H. pylori bacteria infects your stomach. This mm-hmm. usually happens during childhood. A common cause of stomach ulcers, peptic ulcers. Playing with ulcers. that dirt. <laughs> Whoa, that's, that's the downside, right? Right. Infection may present in more than half the people in the world. Most people don't realize they have H. pylori infection right. because they never get sick from it. Well, if you, you get heartburn. S- signs or symptoms of a peptic ulcer, your healthcare provider will probably test you for H. pylori infection. A peptic ulcer is a sore of the lining of the stomach, gastric ulcer, or the... Uh, or the first part of the small intestine. Mm-hmm. Whoa. So, so listen, if you could be just walking around with that and have no idea sure. you have yeah. it. Yeah, and supposedly it's contagious, but who knows? Like Whoa. our immune systems fight stuff off all the time. But so I, I was really sick. Uh, Ways to Well, another shout out, helped me get my, like, they, they figured out because I was deficient in all these vitamins that I took every day. And they're like, there's a reason your body's not absorbing all, all these things you're taking. So let's do run this test, this test. Um, so then I, I kicked the H. pylori, but I was still uncomfortable for a while. And I was like, fuck, my stomach hurts all the time. And so the fancy doctor, doctor in L.A. recommended uh, COVID preventative ivermectin and uh, heparin, which is a blood thinning nasal spray because COVID is a blood clotting virus. Mm. So... I take the nasal spray. I mean, I was around thousands of people, and I hug everybody. Like, I am very present in the physical world. And um, I didn't get COVID, but I took the ivermectin. (laughs) And my stomach stuff went away, and it was like I'd never felt better. So maybe I had a parasite because, you know, ivermectin is is an anti-parasitic. Yeah, that's the main use of it. Correct. Yeah. And... um, Whatever it was, it was like a miracle (laughs) (laughs) because after that I was like, "Woo!" (laughs) I felt so good. Um, But, you know, I like apparently have these intolerances stuff I'm working on, but it's, it's fascinating. You know, well, that sounds like you have an, you had an infection. I did. I did. I was sick. I mean, that, that, that is a wild thing. That's like an invading army attacking your defense systems. It was, it was, it was really scary. I, I felt like. 
alien. <laughs> I was I was bummed. <laughs> it's like you've got a little war going on in your body. Kind of. Like that's what staph is like. Staph's like you have a little that you get a staph infection. Like oh, you got a war going on. Have you had a staph infection? Oh yeah, I've had really? a few. Yeah, oh, yeah. Scary. It's a, a, a common occurrence with grappling because you get oh, scratched yeah, just, and you know you're yeah. you're rolling around and choking each other and shit. Right, right. And then all of a sudden you'll like see something on your shin. You're like what is that? That would make sense why you have the super bug fear because you you know yeah. like physical contact and all that stuff and. Well, I don't have the superbug fear. I just have a. I did a show with Duncan back in the day where we went to the Center for D- Disease Control in Galveston, and they were explaining <laughs> us the like, the Center the, for Disease Control. Like, yeah, the one. Yeah, is in Galveston. Yeah, there's a there's a That's lab crazy. they have down in Galveston, and it's. Um, what did you think of Galveston? I think it's the Center for Disease Control. Whatever, whoever works on the viruses. It's the Galveston National Laboratory, uh, biodefense lab biodefense lab so we go down there and they're explaining to us that what they're really concerned about is not like man-made viruses what they're really concerned about is like something just jumping from animals to people that's like super deadly yeah like the black plague like the spanish flu like you know like there's there's some that are just walloping where they kill like you know a giant microscopic world yeah yeah. And he's like, we're we're always like constantly trying to work to prevent that from happening. And that's when you get the scope of it. You're like, oh, my God, like this is like at any moment in time, nature mm-hmm. could just throw us the wildest curveball. Yeah. And especially when you incorporate like what happens with animal agriculture, mm-hmm. where a lot of the, the viruses develop and do jump from people. Well, and we we fucked with nature so much, like oh, manipulating yeah. science in this way that it it feels I don't know. Yeah. I don't like. I don't like to doomsday. I'm. I'm like. I want to enjoy my time, <laughs> but it's scary. And I'm not necessarily doomsdaying, but I am saying like like we got to look at this thing. Like this is what we're doing is wild. Mm-hmm. We're having a little battle with nature. We're trying to trick it and bottle it up and make antibiotics. Well, you and hunt. These, you, yeah. You're out there, right? Like. A while ago, like a long time ago, I tried to surf when I lived in Venice Beach. And I remember being out there and and just being in the ocean in this, like, this thing could end me like that. Mm-hmm. Like, not just from the monsters in there, but, like, it's just sheer brute force. Yeah. And, like, we are, like, nothing. You can just flick us off. Yeah. You know? like and And so with that said, like... Much respect. Much respect. <laughs> Much respect. <laughs> Much respect, surfers. No, I mean like yeah. the the force of our the planet, force of the nature, and too. and like yeah. you know, Mother Gaia, whatever oh, you want to call God. it. Like it's it, it, and it'll it'll let you know. Oh, easy, and it's doing nothing. It's not even trying. It's not even trying, and just a little bit of undertow, and you're like, oh shit, I can't get back to the shore. We watched Armageddon the other day, other '90s throwback, mm. and. I mean, how do you not think like that could happen? This could happen. It 100 percent could happen. It's happened so many times. It's already happened. It's happened so many times. There's always there was one that we're just talking about recently in the news that you can watch this giant comet whiz by Earth soon. Yeah, I think I think Nick and I were dating for like two weeks when we like I mean we were just so in love like we just kind of had that like I see you moment like we Mm. knew we knew Avatar and uh, I told him I was like. I'm going to be staring into your eyes when the end of the world comes. 
we, you know, I almost want to be like right there doing that. Like, you don't want to be a survivor. I thought about leave that, that too. Leave that to hardier folk. Like, the, the, the part of me, like, I'm not trying to sound egotistical. There, there's a part of me that feels like I'm going to be one of the last ones standing, of but course. I don't want to be. I don't want that. Of course. Everybody feels like that. I don't want it. I feel like if if something happens like that, we will be knocked so far back into the past so quickly that you almost don't want to be alive for it because it's going to take so long for people to figure out civilization again. And I think that's happened a fuckload of times, mm -hmm. kids. I am having Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson come on the podcast uh, this month to talk about that very thing. Awesome. And these guys have been studying this for fucking decades. And uh, they're, they're two coinciding theories about what happened seem to be based on this thing called the Younger Dryas Impact Theory, where they think somewhere around 12,000 years ago we got hit by comets. Mm -hmm. And that there was a very advanced civilization before that, and it got wiped out. And sure. so everything that we see from like 6,000 years ago, like Babylonia and mm -hmm. like the, you know, the, the Sumerian texts and all that mm -hmm. stuff, all that stuff is coming from people reinventing things thousands of years later. So yeah. if this is like 6,000 years after the impact. So if there's 12,000 years ago, we get pelted by giant rocks and then we do, they do core samples, they go down mm -hmm. 12,000 years and they find this high level of iridium which is really common in space and re really rare on Earth. Mm -hmm. And it usually signifies an asteroid impact. And they find that shit all over at 12,000 years. <laughs> so when they get to this point, it's almost like there's irrefutable evidence that something happened. And that something was so big that it might have reset civilization. We might have, we, human beings might have been really advanced at one point in time, like really advanced. If you see what they did in Egypt, and you realize oh, that, yeah. at, the about that stuff earliest, <laughs> yeah, yeah. at the earliest, that was 4,000, <laughs> yeah. 5,000 years ago, at the earliest, mm -hmm. but it might have been way earlier than that. That stuff might have been a remnant of an ancient civilization mm -hmm. that was far more advanced than we are right now. Mm -hmm. It just got knocked into the Stone Age. We just don't think that can happen. But right. fuck, it could happen. Yeah. For sure it could yeah. happen. Well, I think there's this weird immortality that comes with the vapid lifestyle of technology mm. <laughs> and the way that people forget the depths of existence and, and then therefore uh, forget how finite we are. Yeah. And um, I mean, that's like, I mean, you kind of get to the like God place there. You know, there there's this like... Um, I feel so sad for um, people that don't dig into themselves and dig into this stuff and think about the enormity of our existence. And like, your life is so short. It goes so fast. And, you know, you're, you're missing it from yeah. your negligence to um, ground yourself. Like, you're missing it with your self-importance. You're missing it with your narcissism. Yeah. And you're this. Like this is not the world. Like it's so sad to me. And I I think like in terms of what you're talking about there's like this really fine line between that scientific and and theoretical idea of of you know uh intelligent life before us and 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 knowing that like we were given this chance <laughs> and we're fucking it up. <laughs> But we're know? not we're not necessarily fucking it up. I think it's just a process. 
That's what okay. I think. I don't okay. I don't think we're fucking it up. I think there's a process. I don't mean to sound negative. No, no, you're not negative. <laughs> you're you're recognizing real problems. Well, I, I'm looking at the world around me because I'm an I'm actually like an optimist eternally. Like I I'm such a like here's where the sunshine is. Like this is where it's beautiful. This is where things are good. Like let's get there. Like we can, we can do this. Um and then I I just look at the the amount of people that value um Kim Kardashian's plastic surgery, you know, or, mm. or whatever it is it, you're you're obsessing over that you think is valuable. Like that stuff is very sad to me. And well, it's because we're not faced with big threats. When you're sure. not faced with big threats, you yeah. focus on trivial things. When something big happens, that's mm. when everybody puts the American but flag on their call car. All and... the stuff that's happening big. It is, but it's not big enough. The news Fuck. cycle is so <laughs> fucked. The news cycle is so fucked that every day there's like 15 new outrages, and five new conspiracy theories, and and then there's a new crime, and then there's a new mass shooting, and then there's a car accident, right. and there's a right. plane crash, right. and it's just constant. But you're you're getting battered by information. So even like the Ukraine-Russia thing, people are like, boring, done with it, over 200 days, you know, and then they have their narratives, you know, Ukraine's winning, no, Russia's holding off till the winter, like, it's all, it's almost like they're fucking calling a sport. But they, but they say it like we actually know what's going on. Yeah, I have no idea unless I you're don't there. either. And, and I, like, I mean, I, I'm sure we're getting some correct information. I'm not discarding the information. I'm just saying I'm not totally aware. Yeah, but you also factor in um, wag the dog, you know, like you factor in uh, the technological manipulation. Like you can make anything look like anything. Do you think they've actually gone to that? Do you think like there's governments that have actually like, Absolutely. made fake videos? Absolutely. Let's not say America because, of course, we wouldn't do that, right? <laughs> but for sure, there's got to be like some fake 100%. news footage. Yes. Yeah. It's wasn't been like at the it's beginning, the beginning of the Ukraine war, wasn't there a video that was going around? It was like a viral video, and people were like, you know, look, the jet got shot down in Ukraine, and people found out it's actually a scene from a video game. I I don't know about that. Wasn't that, that true, Jamie? <laughs> what was the, that story? The minute, the minute actors. Yeah, exactly what you said, I believe. I was about to pull it up if you didn't say it. Uh, Did someone do it as a goof, or was it like that? Would be way too hard to know without digging way deep. Who mm. did that and why they did it? But right. like they had the ghost, the ghost of Kiev yeah. was like the ace shooting down everyone. But, that, right. but that's how susceptible everyone is to this shit. And that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know what's real, right? But I do know it's really fucked up when actors are flying over to the Ukraine and talking like they know what's going on and, and promoting something like yeah what that, what the fuck are those people doing over there <laughs> I'm like I'm mad <laughs> well I can understand them realizing that this is a human a giant moment in human history why is Jessica Chastain representing the United States who's that she's an actress Oh, I don't know who she is. What's she on? A bunch of stuff. Okay. Would I know her by visual? Mad Men? Oh, okay. No. No? No. Wrong one. Okay. Wrong wrong redhead. Doesn't <laughs> well, matter. There you go. Don't give her attention. It's annoying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck is she doing over there? I'm serious. I don't know. Uh, maybe she's uh, lending her voice, her uh, considerable social media this following. This is when my war with Jessica and Chastain starts. Let's go. Oh, my go. God. <laughs> This is Drunk Suzanne, my favorite Suzanne. <clears throat> oh, 
Okay. Is that your favorite Suzanne? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> My favorite Suzanne's a little high, a little drunk. Isn't That's that fair. your favorite everybody? It's pretty fun. Yeah. I didn't know how much I liked weed until now. Really? Oh, I love it. But it's, it's like what I missed the most during Sober October for sure. Two hits. But I mean, I'm always having fun with Nick. Like we're always laughing. But like if we if we smoke a little before bed. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. I know it's the best. We're just—he's my best friend. Yeah, he's so funny. That's a beautiful thing that you found that. Oh my god, it's nice. I love him so much. So happy. I'm so happy to to hear it. Thanks. It's such an important thing for people. Some people never find it. You know, you never get lucky. And so a lot of it is that. Yeah, oh there's, yeah. There's a lot of weird luck in life. You know, you say you attract things in life, but are you sure? You know, yeah. <laughs> people talk about like the secret and law of attraction. <laughs> are you sure? Are you I, sure you're attracting things? Thing? How much of this is random? I think, yes, we attract certain things and each other. But, like, trying to make a book out of it is you're just going to lose me. Like, well, at that point, like... You're trying to define something that you haven't definitely defined. Mm. Like, whatever that quality is that does allow people to visualize things and make them happen. Right. There's a lot of other factors there, kids. Yeah. A lot of other factors. There's action. They've done things. Well, I've, I've been that person who, like, figured something out, and I, I want to tell everybody about it. Yeah. Guess what? Like, this is the, like, Carl Jung. <laughs> like, but it is like, a here's factor the, here's, in it. Sure. but Right? But that's where, like... Be cool about it. Yeah, be cool about it. Don't <laughs> just, pretend you write it out. <laughs> don't pretend it's like a secret. Right. And don't pretend it's, it's not like a, a thing Everybody's that you can teach it. people how to do. <laughs> that's if you want to you, you, you want to learn how to do it, learn from people that did it. <laughs> right. That's that's the best way. That's the secret. That's the right. secret. You know, learn oh, yeah. from then you you talk to them and go, Oh, Suzanne's a regular human and she figured out how to be a professional musician. How the fuck can I do that? Talk to that. That's the secret. Right. <laughs> That's yeah, the, well, the, I, I'm still figuring it out. But, so. <laughs> but, you know, you know what you're doing. It's not... If I was a kid and I believed that I could manifest everything just with my mind, and I didn't know that there was, like, significant amount of work involved... Most kids believe that now. <laughs> That's so. That's such a crippling mentality. Mm, like, it is. One of the things about being um, uh, a teenager in Boston was that Massachusetts is so hardcore work ethic. Those fucking people work. And one of the reasons why is because you have to shovel snow for <laughs> many months of the year. You're doing real hard labor at your fucking house. You gotta house. scrape your windshield out, yeah. So many people have blown their back out shoveling their fucking driveway. Me. I've a done lot. it. Oh yeah. People get slipped. As a teenager. <laughs> you get fucking hurt. It's yeah. a lot of work. It's so much work. To go from no work to that. Well, if you don't do that, you don't get out. You know, mm -hmm. and if you don't do it soon, it becomes That's ice. That's a great analogy. There's a part of surviving a thing that happens mm -hmm. every year. Mm -hmm. Like the winters in Boston wow. are fucking harsh. Sure. They're harsh. Too. Yeah. And you get that that water off the ocean. Mm -hmm. So you get that salt water cold that just Cuts it it cuts right through you. Bones. Yeah, you, you lose your breath. <sighs> you can't even breathe. It's yeah. so cold. It's fucking cold. Yeah, and it's gonna happen every year. And you're gonna get ice, and you're gonna get black ice on the roads where it rains first, and then the whole road is a fucking ice skating. And you have to rink. know how to drive on it. Yeah. I love it. I'm yeah. a winter baby. I love it. It's real. Yeah, it's I a know. different kind of person. I know. 
Th- you know? Those are some of my favorite people that come yeah. from winter places. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not bullshitting. That's Because awesome. I think I think California is like being a trust fund baby, weather wise. Oh sure. Like everything's fine. It's yeah. always fine. You have to it's work that hard. And when it is raining, like oh my god, it's raining again. Like bitch, it's rained three days this year. What the fuck are you saying? I'm losing my tan. They're so accustomed to that that they, it 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 really does fuck with your character development. Sure. It doesn't limit yeah. you. Like you can still develop. A great character doing other stuff and difficult things but you're not going to get that one essential thing out of nature i think this speaks to a mutual aversion to the softies yeah you just you gotta fucking toughen up and 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 but you can't toughen <sighs> up yourself, if you don't know what that means for yourself not just for us but for yourself sure like you have to it's it's important for everybody but like to like kind of spiral back to things we were talking about before like they can't do that if they don't know what that feels like you don't no. know what that means yeah. And, um, you know, the proverbial cold within us, you know, like mm-hmm. you have to know how to weather a storm. If you've never been through a real storm, then how would you know? It's humbling when everyone's stranded at home and you look out the window and all you see is white. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's but you have to so go in, too. You have to quiet. sit with yourself. You can't play outside. I'm an outdoor kid. You can't do that shit. A you lot know? of times the power goes and out. It, oh, yeah. Power like, goes out a lot. Oh, my God. huddled around with candles and shit. Like, I had... You have to have gear, too. You have to have snow pants oh, and yeah. boots and all that you stuff. You have to have and... boots. You can't be going out there with sneakers. <laughs> no. You fucking idiot. You're going to freeze to death. You're going to lose a foot. I have been to many a Browns game in Cleveland. Oh. Just... Just you, you have like uh, those little like those things you like smack those warmers you put in your boots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then you lose again. <laughs> yeah. You have to sit with the, 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 the sinking feeling of defeat <laughs> while you're freezing your dick off. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's cold weather. People are different fucking people. <laughs> they really are. That's like why Canadians are so hardy. Oh, those motherfuckers have to deal with cold. Look at that. Yeah. Jamie, you know. I, I just feel like people <laughs> that have to go through shit like that together, yeah. there's like a bonding experience in surviving the winter. And the only reason all these humans can survive the winter is because people are smart enough to figure out shelters. Like, you can't be homeless there. Like, that is, like, w- right there with that weather, you're fucked. You know, that tent's not going to make from it. From all the exciting things I've got to do in my life and places I've lived, still to this day, whenever I go home to Cleveland, I am met and confronted with the most interesting, humbled, fascinating, funniest, salt of the earth kind of people, and um, real people. Yeah, they have to yeah. deal with real shit. But you know, lacking a precious thing, like they're just like, "Hey, cheers, right. nice to meet you." Right. You know, <laughs> like, but but I, well, there's a lot of disillusioning kind of places like New York and LA like they're these meccas of art and and culture and um but then you know they've kind of been overrun by ideologies that that are can be damaging and but you can't say that about Boston or Cleveland or you know sort of I mean I guess you could Boston's a little different Boston's pretty liberal <laughs> yeah it's it's a lot yeah. different than than Maybe they're hardier liberals, though. Hardy's the good... That That's the thing. I'm, I'm kind of, like, babbling right now, but hardy is a, is a good word for it. You have to overcome nature if you live in a cold climate. That's a real thing. It's a real change of the world. But there's a psychological and emotional yeah. thing that... Wow, that's really... 
Yeah. Well done, man. Just like the people that live next to the ocean. That yeah. feeling that you have in the ocean, the same feeling. Sure. It's like you ain't shit. Great. You ain't Great. shit. Yeah. It's snowed out. You ain't sh- shit. There's the ocean. And and you have to be smart. Like, yeah. don't go out there this day. Like, don't drive into yep. this blizzard. You might fucking die. You might fucking die. Yeah. And no one's going to come and rescue you, no. bitch. No, you don't can't. Think you're going to be they safe. They can't get to you. Yeah. Don't don't even go out. That's funny. Yeah, there's times where you're well told said. to not leave. Oh, yeah. Those I, are I've fucking always... bonding moments for communities. They oh, really yeah. are. I, you... You're faced with a threat. You're like, hey, do you guys need anything? Absolutely. You know, hey, we got this, we got that. You know, Hank shot a deer. I played in Telluride, Colorado this summer, and which is so pretty up there. And one of the, I, I, they have a festival that they they have, uh, one of them, and the Ride Fest. And I had this runner who was like taking, taking us back down the mountain. It's like two hours, an hour and a half or something like that. And he lived in this community that was you know, an hour or so from Telluride. And he was telling me about all their like septic stuff and, and like electricity even. And they all had to take care of each other. He lived in this small little town that if something went wrong, it went wrong for everyone. Mm. <laughs> and and they had to like, like, hey, what what tools do you need? Like, how, how do you want to get through this? And I mean, it's really funny. <laughs> you know, you're, you don't know until you've lived something like that. Like, you don't know until you've had those, like, really scary storms or winters where you really do need to help each other. And then it becomes very logical. Yeah. Um, and we're very sheltered from that. Most places don't don't have those experiences, you know, and because uh, you don't need to advertise it. It's just it's how you live. It's just how you live. And it makes a stronger human, more resilient human. Yeah. I, that's what I believe. I think it's a part of the problem with living in Los Angeles. It's not. It's there's so many factors that make living in Los Angeles fucked. Mm-hmm. There's a sheer number of people, which of course also equals a sheer number of a lot of really interesting people. You know, it's a lot of cool people there. Sure, no doubt. Well, a lot it's very of beguiling. Great restaurants and great things. It's a beautiful and, place. Yes, beautiful place. But you got a lot of fucking people. There's so many. There's so many. Well, and then you have to factor in like. The people that have like exploded from YouTube or something yeah. like really easy mm-hmm. that didn't involve sure. that's toxin to all those people that, that have been or, working hard and haven't made it. You motherfuckers. Well, it's toxic. I, I'm of the mindset of like whatever propagates joy, but to the extent of it being valuable joy and like with depth, you know, not like a cheap thrill. Right. Um, it doesn't have to be, though. You know, like that. the thing about all these things is they're attracting people. And why are they attracting me? There's a lot of dumb shit that's attracting me. It's still getting me. I'm still watching dumb shit. Yeah, but you know better. Like you. Do I, though? I don't know. I mean, you, you're you like, you just. I'm watching the dumb shit. Yeah, but you. <laughs> how many people come see you perform? You know, like you have to stay up on your intellectual comedy. And, oh, I have and to like, keep watching dumb shit. Well, sure. <laughs> but like the execution of what you've ingested and then the way you um, deliver through your craft involves a, a specific skill to you. You know, you're not asleep at the wheel. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I do get like I do waste time on nonsense. Sure. For sure. The, the, what I was going to get at is that. There's all these different factors that are fucked up about L.A. And that weather thing is a big part of it. 
But another big part of it is that everybody goes there to try to make it. And so when you go there, you're trying to get hired for something. So you're always kind of putting on this act of who you want people to think you are. And they only talk in like a certain ideological lingo. It's like very progressive -y, right? Well, you have to factor in that like this like get rich quick because of like being beautiful or like Pam Anderson or something. Like That sort of gets injected into things. But that's and, been happening for yeah. so long. But and not like now. Not like now. But now it's ubiquitous. Now it's just omnipresent. Like you right. can't. They're, now, they're more popular. Now it's you get rich for a week and then people forget about you. <laughs> for some of them. But then there's people like the Kardashians. They got a grip on it. But they got in early. It's true. They they Early started adopters. their bullshit a long time ago. <laughs> but there's been some people that like got pretty popular and then people got tired of them. I right? mean, you got it like for whatever they're doing, whatever voodoo the Kardashians <laughs> have done to the American and the world people, they're fucking really good at it. People are still watching. That's some good voodoo. Are if that's they? all you're selling, yes. If that's all you're selling, I think is what they're selling me. is immortality at this point. Like they're trying to show you how, like <laughs> no, that's you what can Madonna's have the same selling. face for so long. Madonna anyway. selling immortality. Oh gosh, she terrifies me. It's... Have you seen her uh, new oh, Instagram yeah. photos? That's uh, how old is she? I sixty something. I I'm wondering if when she somebody really looks like that. I'm wondering if anyone cares about her at all. I do. Then call her. <laughs> I don't know her that well at all. I don't know her at all. I'm wondering but if, if I did know her at all, I'd say if that's what you really look like, I get it. I want show it off. If she has one friend that's like, hey, I think you need some help. No, I'm the wrong friend because I'd be like, keep posting. <laughs> I'd be like, more pictures. Let's go. Let's go, Madonna. Where did she? There was one where her was like, she was kind of in her underwear. What I'm interested in is like, or did not interested down? in is why do people care who Madonna's fucking? She wants to talk about being gay or whatever. Like, like we care. Like, just go fuck them. Go do what you want to do. Well, I mean, why do you have to talk about it to she's everyone? Maintaining relevance. No, what she she wants to be a sex symbol, and she's the time's passed. <sighs> and like, look, you can do other things, but like, to but be. But does she want to be a sex symbol, white... or does she want to be Madonna? Is that how she feels alive, expressing herself? Listen, sticking her booty up in the air and having them big titties flop around. Like I said, Dolly Parton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the image she posted up, if you can't find it, maybe they took it down. If she really looks like that, she looks fucking great. Who, Madonna? Yes, for however old she is. I am in strong disagreement. Her <laughs> face 64. scares the shit out of me. 64. Wow. I hear that ACDC song right now. It's a long way <laughs> to the top if Look, I have appreciated Madonna's contributions to our uh, uh, our music and culture, but like, there's a time. That's how it goes, playing in a band. When you gotta hang up your hat and stop putting your boobies in people's faces if they don't want to see them. Well, maybe some people do. She's obviously got some young fellas that still enjoy them. Then so. that is a strange fetish Listen, that I she's do not the understand. Dan Belzarian of the female Instagram influencer. Look at her. She looks hot as fuck. If that's what she looks like, fuck yeah. Congratulations. If you I can mean, really look like that at 64, I don't know what glasses I have to put photo? on. How doctored is that photo? You don't know how smooth that shit looks. Stop ruining everything. You're not All I need is some They Live sunglasses. I guarantee some weird puckering in weird places, Joe. 
I guarantee that's the future of AR. You're going to put on glasses, and the person that you're with is going to look as perfect as you need them to be. That is so fucked. That's what we're going to do. People are going to get know, mad if I you only the, want to have sex want, with them with the glasses on. I want on. the real thing. Yeah, some people are going to get mad, though. Take your glasses off, goddammit. I want you to see the real me. Like, no. <laughs> Who are you really? Who are you fucking in those oh glasses? Oh, my God. That, that the, uh, guest book, the show I did uh, a while back where, uh, honey, honey, we did the music for it. I think Joey Diaz is in that episode, but there's this episode with, um, I think it's Kether Donahue, a friend of mine, where like her husband has an addiction to VR, and they're like having oh, sex God. with VR goggles, and there's this whole story going on where he's somebody and she's somebody, but she, acc- oh, she my accidentally God. kills him. Oh my God! Yeah, it's great, but <laughs> that's hilarious. But I'm sure that happens. That's, it's 100 percent gonna happen if it hasn't happened already. <laughs> it's if it hasn't happened already, it's 100 percent gonna happen. I kind of feel that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, that's right. Joey takes over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, boss. Sorry, you're doing it all wrong. You gotta work the ball. No, 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 stop. Stop. Ah, you picked, you the, you picked the wrong video. I can't look away. Ow, oh my god. Let go of Anyway, at the outro, I'm pretty sure you'll, you'll oh. hear me singing on that episode. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's so ridiculous. I mean, Joe, oh. that is that is some people's reality. I think there's going to be a lot of people in the future that are living life virtually. Mm. And more more um, than we can even imagine. I think it's going to get so good. We. Uh, I think there's also going to be a lot of people that are bad at sex because they learned through their phones and not through nas- natural, mm. like discourse of life well they think that's already probably fucking up kids wiring absolutely they're seeing that yeah. kind of sex all porn the time. addictions and stuff yeah 100 yeah. percent. yeah it's um fucking the the whole human uh, internet technology interface situation is so strange to me because it most definitely enhances our ability to do things mm-hmm. but is it a, is it re, how much of it it's definitely enhancing your life somewhat it's giving you some interesting entertainment. You can listen to a book on tape. You can you can learn stuff from your phone. You can ask you questions and get answers. You have to there's be able benefit. to check yourself. Like I think that's the thing. It's like there's benefits and there's like egregious downsides that can fuck you up. Right. Like but, you just have to know how to handle yourself. It's like handle sure. your booze. <laughs> handle your booze. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Because it's all candy in some ways. But my point is, it seems to keep going in the same direction always. It doesn't seem to be slowing down, and it's not going to. It goes into the, d- d- that's the direction. That's where the nuclear war comes in. I, that's m- my, the only thing to save us. The, I hope not. Uh, no. That, but it seems like that's where it's going. It's going to like a deeper infusion into what it is to be a person to a point where it's a part of your body. And it's, I don't think it's that far away. I think once they do start implementing that, it's going to be so beneficial to the people that have it that everyone's just going to jump on board. I think it's going to happen radically, and I don't think we're prepared for what the fuck that means. Because I, I th- agree. I think it's yeah. going to happen in our lifetime. I think in our life, just like when we were kids, there was no internet. Now the world's a totally different place. I think, I think that's going to now. happen with a human neural interface. I think they're going to create something and they're going to improve upon it. It's going to get better and better. And there's going to be a way of interacting with your mind and the Internet and all the people around you. I mean, I think I think that's already happening. (laughs) 
kind of is. It kind of is, but I think it's going to happen like to human beings, and it's going to be one of those things, just like a phone. Mm. You, if you imagine when we were kids, like I grew up in the '80s, you grew up in the '90s. When I was a kid, I was in high school in 1981. I could have never imagined everyone would be carrying a phone. Right. The, the idea that you could get a hold of someone who's just out. Right. You right. had to talk to people. Right. You had to wait. You had to go to you Gary's house. You had hey. to wait for the call. You had to listen yeah. to your, your answering machine. Yeah. Was Monica with Debbie? Where yeah. are those guys going? That's what I like about going through the 90s movies and TV show rabbit hole of, of like the actual human experience of being a human and and like all that entails yeah. of, of like dating or, or working or, or just functioning. You had to have patience you had a different level of like nothing was at a click of a button you had to go yeah. get it it's a different you know? world but is it better that's the question isn't it better to have all the answers at your fingertips isn't it it's just different i don't necessarily think it's bad my real concern is that we might be the last of the mohicans like 100 percent. i think we're the last of the real human beings i think we're destined to be cyborgs and I don't I hope not. think it's that far off. I think it's going, we're going to be lured into it with the idea that it's going to fix diseases and ailments. And we're already cyborgs. We're already, um, sure. our consciousness has been altered. Our um, mental functioning is, uh, has already, we're already on machine time. I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know either. <laughs> I don't know either, but I think it's just the beginning. It's the tip of the iceberg. That All that stuff that you just cited, like people being addicted to Snapchat and stuff, that's all real. It's it's a, like That's a thing. You're connected to that device. You keep it charged. You keep getting new ones. Better devices mean better connection. I, I feel like our greatest purpose now is to reconnect with our own humanity. Yeah. Our, like be be with your family. You know what be I feel like about that? I feel like it's like holding hands at the side of the ocean while the asteroid comes to hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to do a goddamn thing. All those like grounding survival that craft. We're going to a beautiful place. No, I think we're going to. Well, I'll we're be staring going... into Nick's eyes if that's the case. You will. Yeah. You'll do it together. You'll you both turn your fucking switches on at the same time. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're all going to go into a world of accelerated evolution. That's what I think we're going into a world of. And I think we're going into a world of technologically accelerated evolution. What does Elon say about this stuff? I'm he, sure you've asked him this. Yep. He's this Neuralink that they're developing. One of the quotes he said, you'll be able to talk without words. Fucking hell. Yeah. They're, they're first going to do it with people that have like um, uh, that are paralyzed and pe people who don't have access to their limbs or access to the function of their limbs. They're going to be able to reignite these... The, the idea is to like to have it function almost like a, a central nervous system to like recharge these uh, areas that were damaged in like s spinal injuries and stuff like that. I don't know how the fuck they think they're going to do that. Do you have an understanding of how they think that uh, Neuralink would work with disabled people? Because that was like one of the possibilities that they said. They've got other. It's not. They're not the only company that can do that right right now. How <laughs> many companies are doing that? Well, now? I don't know. I wouldn't call or work com working on stuff. Government agencies or whatever. There's there's at least two or three different versions of it I've seen. Mm. I don't know how well they like. They've done it with like one person who's absolutely paraplegic, like got fucked up in a war or something like that, and they've got them to like sort of walking with help. Mm. You know, 
Well, I would imagine if you get paralyzed, it probably takes a long time to develop your ability to walk again after that. Even if they can fix the connections to your legs, they haven't been firing. And um, But if they can actually do that and get someone to walk again at all, that's insane. Yeah, let me see if I can find that. I'm video. down for that. But the yeah, whole... I think that's the way no. they're going to lure you in, though. <laughs> I really do. I think, But I do remember something about Neuralink doing or having that uh, hopeful potential someday to help people with injuries. But I think that what they're describing this is the one i knew of. a brain implant restored this man's motion and sense of touch there it is columbus ohio holla columbus oh yeah. a small computer chip in his brain they but used it's connect- it to improve the range of motion in his arms and to artificially recreate a sense of touch whoa i believe he's connected to like a giant computer too like it's not just uh wireless connection at this point so is it a chip that's in his brain and then the chip is connected to a cable so he's in the matrix um let me see if i can find um so that's one of the uh things that they think that these neural implants may be able to do is to improve people with injuries so ultimately if that's the case that obviously will be very good for people with injuries the real question is if people start using any kind of a neural implant and interface it with technology that allows you to access information, has a greater bandwidth for thinking, that it'll, who knows what kind of programs will be on it that you can mm-hmm. run that can give you logical answers to dilemmas. Like, who knows what the fuck the this is going to be like. Is like, everything swings so wildly in this polarized way. Like, it'd be so awesome if we could just stick with that. Right. Like, and still be people that talk to each other I just don't like... <laughs> know if that's an option <laughs> I have a feeling that's not going to be an option I have a feeling that once people adopt that technology whatever comes with it comes with it and we're going to be on a fucking roller coaster ride off the side of a cliff I don't think I think we're going to be cyborgs and it's going to happen really quick yeah, even on the website for this neural life thing it says and uh players can immerse themselves in video games oh. soon this is like applications for what this can already do whether or not and which one? It. Which one is this? This is that neuro life one I just showed you. But that—that's not. They're not talking about an implant, are no, they? No. Yeah, like yeah. The, like I'll show they you. They are on this video. It shows the implant in the back of his head. So using that implant, I think it has to do with that sleeve he has on his arm too. Okay, so go back to that other page so we could read the description of what it's supposed to be doing. I don't know if it had that full explanation. Well, it had that whatever that explanation was under it. Where's neuroly? Okay, wearable sleeve showcases our unique background in developing life-enhancing products. For the first time ever, this technology allows us to measure the nerves and muscles of the forearm with high resolution and in real time. The result is targeted simulation interventions that recreate... Stimulation. Oh, excuse me. Stimulation interventions that recreate complex, dexterous hand movements. (laughs) That's... What? That's... So, so as you move your hands, it will show an actual hand because you're moving the muscles that are specific to moving parts of your hand? Is that like a phantom limb thing, but just... So, so what is that? Recreating his movement of his hand? Is this a person that has a paralyzed hand? Is that what that's supposed to be? I believe so, yeah. Uh, Whoa. Right, when he was getting... Whoa. See, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's that's, that's, great. There, I believe that you can see. Oh wow, he's got skull. a chip in his skull. Yo, and this actually does look like it is wireless. He's not. He's connected <laughs> to the chip. What are you gonna do? 
We're gonna, you're going to get a chip. No, no, I'm We're not. We're all getting chips. No, I'm not getting chips. We're one. all getting chips. It's going to be amazing. We're going to nope. see through walls, you read each other's that. minds. Ooh, can I fly? Yeah, probably. Eh, probably well. just like go on another <laughs> planet in your, in your brain. I think that's probably what happens to life. I think what we're doing right now is we're like making a cocoon. And then out of that cocoon, a butterfly is going to come out of it. And that, that butterfly is going to be a new You want to be a life. robot? Not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to be? Look, I, I love what, all the imperfect parts about being It's not like what do you want to be when you grow people. up? It's what do you want to be? What do you want to be? What do you be a robot? What do you want to be when you... Um, uh, scientifically evolve. Oh God, I don't. If I am, I am. I'm not thinking about it. I like want to be an eagle. Ooh. <laughs> That's what you like. It's like they could tell you you could be whatever animal you want. Right. Imagine if animals had people. Well, again, brains. Greek mythology. Yeah. All the gods would be animals. Like Zeus would be a bull. Like Do you know how fucked we would be if animals were as smart as us. They're pretty fucking smart. Are they though? Um, intuitively and emotionally. No, they're, they have amazing senses. They have amazing sure, sure, senses. Sure, sure. But as far as smart, <clears throat> no, we can like, we can plan shit. They can't plan shit. They just go on instinct for the most part. But if like deer could plan shit. <laughs> wait, wait, I've heard that. <laughs> if there was like suicidal wasn't, deer. that like Wasn't there like a real thing about raccoons taking over the world or something? Or spiders or something? Like, oh, spiders. Like if they, if they, um integrated their instincts intellectually like they'd be like taken over in like a week and a half or something you know what would <laughs> accelerate people's acceptance of climate change oh god if global warming was making spiders bigger <laughs> the spiders just got started getting real it turns out there's a switch whatever They're the number pretty is fucking big if the world gets like above one degree temperature spiders <laughs> grow by 400 percent really so every spider just is that keeps a joke no, I'm You're just making, making it up, up right now. But imagine if this is happening with every degree. So, but accelerates. So 400% I want of out. 400%. I want out. You get all of a sudden you got a fucking Labrador-sized spider fucking up your grandmother. You come home, your grandma's wrapped in a cocoon Stephen in the middle King, of the, the living mist? room. Have you seen The Mist? I did see The Mist. Oh, God. It was good. It was so dark at the end. Very dark. Holy shit. The end shit. is hard. It's hard. The it's end's very, hard. very difficult. But they were faithful to the book, I think. I think that's why it was so hard. Well, that's what they had. They had these like yeah. life-size, life-size, but, you know, Stephen King, when, insects. He, when he was fucked up on the hooch and doing blow, <laughs> he made some of the greatest fucking books of all time. Anybody, you can't tell me any different. I guarantee you the hooch you like scary and stuff? the blow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Really? You like horror films and stuff? Yeah. I do not. No? No. Why not? Um, well, I, I scare easily. I get startled very easily. Like if like some, I didn't hear somebody come into the room kind ah. of thing. Ah, yeah. Also, um, life is scary enough. It is. Scary and, enough. and like to, you know what I really, like I really have an aversion to is like the religious scary stuff, like the mm. satanic, oh. deep evil. Like That's when I was a kid, Catholic. when I, when I saw, uh, <laughs> the omen as a child, oh, no. I pulled my twin mattress into my parents room and i slept there until they finally kicked me out mm. but i mean i i was i was almost irrevocably altered at the thought of being taken over and possessed against my will like mm. i didn't invite this in but yeah. i it's like like a fungus and it was a possibility you know? Just the thought of it is fucking terrifying. Well, people talked about it like it was a real thing. Yeah. I was yeah. watching a YouTube video once of a guy who's performed exorcists. 
was a priest who was talking about different exorcists that he performed. There's really interesting, I mean, you want to get weird? You want to get psychedelic? <laughs> like, this stuff is, is, like, I think there is a, personally, um, there are some doors not to be knocked on or mm. opened. And spiritually like or ener energetically, movie. I energy is powerful. I think human beings are powerful. Our consciousness, whatever is beyond that. And you just don't know. And I, I have just a real um, inherent instinct and aversion to the other in that way. It scares me. And, I, you know, I've, I've done enough psychedelics to have some things that I was learning about in, within myself and externally. And, you know, that could sound crazy or like hooey. But I, I don't know. I, I don't like to mess with that stuff. It scares me. Well, if it's real, the, one of the best ways, if you were the devil, you would make it preposterous that you would be real while at the same time people worship God. Because if you believe in God, you have to believe in the devil, right? It's part of a package deal. But listen, well, so if the president is on television mm -hmm. and says, God bless our troops, everybody's right. like, all right. But if the president gets on TV and says, we've located the devil, he's in Sudan, we're sending troops there immediately. Like, what? The right. fucking actual devil? No, bitch. This guy's out of his fucking mind. You can say, God bless us all. Mm -hmm. May God be with you. You could say, I am a God-fearing man, and I believe in God. I think God has a message for us all. You could say all those things. Sure. But if you say, I know where the devil is, and we're going to go kill him. <laughs> like, that's, that's it? You believe in the devil, you fucking idiot? You believe in the, the actual devil? There's an actual devil. But wouldn't that be the best way for the devil to hide? Wouldn't, what, if the devil's the... real, if Satan is real, and if there, there really are demons, sure. wouldn't the best way to just hide in plain sight and Absolutely. ridicule? Absolutely. Imagine, imagine if all of the evil of the world. I don't think we need to imagine it. I mean, I think it creepy shit that's infecting Putin's brain right now, and all these dictators, and all the people that are having people murdered and assassinated, attacking, and imagine yeah, it, if that's all just Yeah, it takes a specific demons. kind of being slash vessel, you know, like you, you kind of, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe demons are just thoughts. But also sociopaths. Like Yeah, there's that too. Scientifically, there's a real mental uh, deficiency of, I mean, there's no empathy. There's no. Yeah, that's there's, real. There's real ones. Yeah. Which is very frightening. But let's stay in the light. <laughs> that is frightening. And that's a, a function of what? Is it a function of genetics? Is it a function of raising the child? Is it a combination of all those things? Nature, nurture, and other things. And other things. And just like, is it just a function sometimes of you just didn't get wired correctly? Like, how many people do you know that are just not wired right? Uh, a deal. A good a deal. Bunch. A bunch. A good deal. A bunch. <laughs> Especially artists. Like, some, some artists are just not wired right. So, Nick is a big comic book, like, mm. maven, like, knows probably every major marvel you name it and he introduced me to this comic called prometheus by alan moore and and basically it goes it, it's it's almost like an entire dissertation on magic and like alistair crowley and the cabal Ooh. and one i've really enjoyed it two there's a lot of relevance to its i i mean like going it, basically the Cabal, you know, is like the tree of life. 
and from the the lower sphera, which is like us, and then moving up through this thing to the Godhead, which is like the pinprick of our existence and soul, if you want to look at it like that. And I've just been, one, enamored and fascinated by it, by this just literature and literal ancient, like ancient texts, like the, the cabal and Solomonic magic is, is like been around for a long time. And there's something that like gets the hair on the back of my neck, like just standing up with like, holy shit, like what am I reading right now? Mm. And, you know, um, I don't know. I, I like to, to lead by my instinct and, and my own understanding of the world. And so this stuff is, it, it kind of speaks to that in a way that I, I can't like in detail get into it, but it it's, you know, like we're talking about science, we're talking about cyborgs, we're talking about dimen- other dimensional uh, aspects to our existence. And there's, that's like magic to me. There might be something to it. There might be something to just getting people to believe it. Maybe that's almost enough. Yeah, but I'm I'm really interested in ancient text and and just the like um, recycling and recirculation of that stuff. Of mm. like, well, why does that keep coming up? And and that and I can understand how this feels like that, and this feels like that, and yeah. uh, in in our present day experience, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just I'm just. You know, talking about what I've read and what I've experienced. and It is creepy. When you think about old stuff and the devil, that's the creepiest. That's why the exorcists are so creepy, right? They found that old talisman. Can't, can't do it. I stay away from it. It's I have an aversion to it. Dun, dun, I, don't, dun. I don't want it. Anci- there's something about, mm-hmm. like, ancient stuff and the devil that's the scariest stuff. Like, they found an old scroll, and if you read it out loud. Well, yeah, I mean, they're, like, I mean, even the Bible, like has so many other versions of itself you know like you have the king james version and then you have all these other things and like i'm i don't want to read revelations i'm too scared (laughs) the the old testament's the most fascinating to me (laughs) have you read it the the problem with the new testament is from what i understand it was created and curated by constantine and a bunch of bishops Mm. they you know they 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 literally decided what to put in the new testament and what to not put in Mm mm-hmm when you get to the Old Testament, the Old Testament is the wildest shit because it seems it shows how petty people were over things. Like one of them, there's a story about how a guy who's bald, no tolerance. This is a guy who's bald, and some kids called him a bald head, and so a bear comes out of the woods and kills all the kids because the guy was bald. What's the lesson? This fucking the lesson is don't be mean to bald guys. It's the dumbest <laughs> lesson ever. It's like this fucking guy these kids murdered. He, he had them murdered because they called him a, a bald head, and like this was like God's version of like righteousness. Like there's some wild shit in the Old Testament. Right. What right. is that story? What is that exact story about the dude? I was just looking it up. This this article here says oh. it's a misunderstood tale, and it's actually about uh, war. I was trying to get into this, but you asked too quick before I could find out. Oh, well, it's about a fucking bear eating kids, though. Well. <laughs> like, whatever his interpretation of what the ultimate meaning was supposed to be, as thought down over thousands of years of text and, and oral tradition that spans a thousand years after that or before that, what is the actual verse? What is um. it about? So it's some boys. Are they they tease there him? Right there. Okay, some boys tease him 
<clears throat> so it says, he went up from Bethel, and while he was going up on the way, some small boys came out of the city and jeered at him, saying, go up, you bald head, go up, you bald head. <laughs> so that was enough. And God was like, I've heard enough. I will now send in bears. So then God sent in a fucking she-bear, I think he said. He called it a she-bear. So what does it say? What what happens where the, the bear comes in? Well, this is all talking about how it's wrong. So uh, Okay. Let's um let's find what the it actual, sounds let's like find what's going what the translation now. is first and then we'll go and refute it. <laughs> I just want to see what the tra the actual translation was. Uh, Here's the text is up on the first paragraph. Okay, came out in town, cheered him. Go up, you bald head. They said, "Go, uh, go on up, you bald head." He turned around, looked at them, and called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Lord is in all caps. Then two bears came out of the woods and mauled forty-two of the youths. It seems unbelievable that God would cause two bears to maul a group of children for making fun of a man for being bald. Who wrote this? This one also just refutes it too. But if that is that the the translation? That's where I was gonna. I was even gonna say the bald head translation right away goes. Well, what so, word did they use back then, and how did it get translated to English as saying bald head? Because but even if he said fuckhead, we well, even called him a fuckhead. They had <laughs> the kids killed by did bears. Did they have fuck back that then? Seems, was that a word? Uh, maybe it's bald. Maybe bald was <laughs> even going into Latin. Like, if you, they even called him cunthead. If that's literally God's reaction is to have a bear kill forty-two kids, I don't know how you could spin that. This sounds like they're trying to spin it. That's where I was going to go. The well, word for bald might not have been the thing that they used. And this someone got stuck on bald, you know, because they wanted to this have a, perhaps, yeah, a story that yeah, way. Yeah, perhaps. But I mean, no matter what the name would be, that he would call him cunthead. There's not a chance in hell that a righteous God would send a bear to kill those kids. That's the, but well, so that's if that's the actual translation that a bear came and killed the children, which I've always understood it to be. <laughs> Kurt Metzger <clears throat> explained to me what that saying "Go on up, you bald head." That it's like it's more harsh. It's like we think of it as like uh, I mean, it's like going up your asshole or something like oh. that. It's like it's mean. Okay. Like it's not as seems like get out of here, bald head. Yeah. Like that sounds like so pedestrian. You scallywag. Yeah. Yeah, it probably okay. has a harsher connotation to it. Okay. But either way, <laughs> God decides to have a bear come and kill the kids. What the fuck? So those stories are the most fascinating to me because like how petty people were, how light, and it was obvious like there was like human like feelings of the world divorced from God's if if there is a pure loving God and that God gave us a message like the people fucked that message up like sure, by the time absolutely. they translated it down yeah there's a lot of human yeah. jizz all over yeah. it a that, lot of human that's junk in it whole like Promethea thing explains in a really beautiful way have mm. you ever read the Apocrypha no those are the um the books that were taken out of the Bible <gasps> I haven't read them either but I know a little bit about them. No. And, you know, it's kind of like, I kind of look at some of that as political and a sign of the times. You know, you were just sort of trying to steer people a certain way. I don't know. But well, to me, the most interesting version is the Dead Sea Scrolls. Sure. Did you ever read any of that stuff, like the John Marco Allegro stuff? Mm -mm. <clears throat> John Marco Allegro was a scholar who was also... Um, he was an agnostic. He was agnostic, but he was an ordained minister. So he became an ordained minister, and then he started studying theology, and eventually became agnostic. But he was 
a language expert. And so he was hired to decipher the Dead Sea Scrolls. So they did it for 14 years, he deciphered these things. They're putting together these. They had to use DNA because they had to make sure that the, the cow, the fragments were from the same cow, which would indicate that it was the same piece of skin. Okay. Because it's literally on animal skins. They, they right, found right, them right. in these these ceramic vessels in Qumran hidden in the fucking the side of a mountain wild shit so they take these down they cool. they realize this is the oldest version of the bible by far and it's the i think it's in aramaic it's one of the only ones in aramaic and at the end of this translation over 14 years john marco allegro writes a book called the sacred mushroom in the cross and he says the entire religion was a misunderstanding and what it was originally about was psychedelic mushrooms and fertility rituals and that that's what created this religion. These people were taking mushrooms and they were experiencing God and they were having fertility rituals because they were trying to be as bountiful and have as many babies as possible. And that's what the Bible was originally all about. Now, by the way, it's heavily disputed. A lot of people don't agree with them. A lot of people think it's blasphemy mm -hmm. and it's this and it's that. But the, the fact remains that this guy was a legit scholar, rock solid credentials, not a drug addict, not a, not, mm -hmm. a, not a guy who even did psychedelics. But it was his interpretation after all this time that these, a lot of the things in the story had meanings that would go back to psychedelic mushrooms. And one of them was the word Christ. He said you could tra 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 trace the word Christ back to an ancient Sumerian word that meant a mushroom covered in God's semen. What? They thought that when it, when it rained, it was the Lord putting semen on the earth. And that's why things would grow from the rain. And one of the things that would grow is these mushrooms, like overnight. So overnight, they'd find these psilocybin mushrooms and these Amanita muscaria mushrooms like on cow shit. And they'd pick them up and they'd eat them and they'd trip balls. And so it, they wanted to protect that and hide that from intruders, and they hid it in stories and allegories. And this was his assertion. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, first of all, that's amazing. Wild, it's right? Wild, yeah. But like this, like, when do we have the opportunity to record something? Like, this is all hand. These are stories. These are stories after story and allegory, and like, it's really. I mean, it's amazing how we can marry ourselves to these ideas and concepts, and and like and I and I have mine. I really do uh, that are real for me in in thought and spirit and intention. And but like, I mean, we people have decimated other countries over this these allegories and these stories. Sure, you know? like it's, yeah, they've crushed like, nations, killed <laughs> innocents, and, and we're probably doing it right now. It's you know? a it's a real it's a it's amazing how it the scales have tipped between like you know your ideologies that become religions and and the way that we um, attack and and defend and like I I don't know I don't know what to do out there you know but the stuff we're talking about um, and even in just like as an idea is fascinating and I loved I love to explore it like why, why not explore the idea of Christ being a mushroom <laughs> it might really be it might really be because but, if you think about like some of the the teachings of Christ they 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 really like align with like psychedelic mindset that treating each sure. other like we're all the same yeah that we're all one no I felt that oneness before that yeah. that feeling that that thing that that God place, like a hundred percent, hundred percent, and I have my interpretation of it, and so does so many people. Yeah, 
It's, so many people do. It's kind of like, do you want to write a book about it called The Secret? Or do you want to, <laughs> you want you want to just like, live your life? Yeah. Live your life the right way. Yeah. And just try be cool, to, man. Yeah, try to be cool, man. Be cool. Jesus, just be cool. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. But it's oh. like, that's what we're all doing, right? We're all just trying to figure out how to live life better. And when something comes along that seems to be like a method that other people are using, whether it's a religion or whether it's being a Democrat, whatever <laughs> it is that like gets you thinking that you're on the right side of things mm-hmm. and you're with a good community and you support, you know, you get into it. Like, we have problems in adopting patterns of thinking and behavior and being tribal. And, and fucking being right. against other people that we dis- determined to be uh, of a differing ideology. Mm-hmm. And we would justify like horrible behavior in the name of doing that. I don't know if that's our fault necessarily. Like I think the influence of, of technology or other machines that we don't really know about yet, like that pit us against each other. We used to be able to coexist with different ideas and religions and opinions. But now it's like it it is. It is so polarized, and, it, and it's like life or death. There is a lot of polarization, and you're right. There are a lot of foreign factors. Like, there's a lot of governments that are dedicated to fucking with people online and getting mm-hmm. people to fight with each other. That's real. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a 100% real thing that seems like it shouldn't be real. It seems like espionage, cyber espionage, like some kind of crazy, like, diversion of the attention of, of people. But it's real. They really are doing it. And whether it has a 1% effect on people or a 10% effect on people, whatever the effect, it has an effect. And you got to be aware of it. But I think that's one of those things that we're going to work through. We're going we're gonna to have to be more sophisticated about we, what we absorb. And it's going to, ultimately, it's going to be like a cyber winter. We're going to have to go through a cyber winter, develop t- some thick skin. And maybe that's Get what kids, right kids are going through. They're going through cyber winter. Like, I wouldn't want them to go through winter. I never went through winter. My poor children have to shovel snow. But maybe that's what they have to do. They have to shovel cyber snow. All-wheel drive. Yeah, upstairs. all-wheel drive with your mind. Get, free yourself from it. And maybe it's our job as people that have lived in both realms. You know, you and I both grew up with no internet. And then all of a sudden there was the internet when we became adults. And we kind of grew up with it along the way. It absorbs and becomes a part of your life. And But we know both worlds. They're not going to know both worlds. Yeah, they, I feel they fortunate will never to never understand. Mm-hmm. They will never understand our version of the world. Just like we'll never understand the people that came over on a fucking horse-pulled buggy. A wagon with your family, your babies on a wagon, mm-hmm. and there's a dusty road, and there's like seven or eight other people like you ahead of you. And like 20 things that are going to kill you in the next and day. And then you see Indians. <laughs> and you're like, well, we're going to be one of those stories. We're not going to make it. I love Deadwood. <sighs> what a show. The American West, like, think about how fascinated people were with, like, the settling of the American West. And that's only, like, a couple of hundred years. It's yeah. not a long time in human history, but it's so iconic oh in our God. understanding of what happened to America. You know what the best interpretation of it, I think, is? What? The, the Clint Eastwood movie. What is that movie? Clint Eastwood, the, the, the one where he's your older guy and he came back. Do you remember, Jamie? I know which one you're talking yes. about. Yes. God damn it. I can't remember I'm what it's so called. I'm so sorry. I can't remember it right now. No, it's, it's on the tip of my tongue. Morgan Freeman, Clint Eastwood. Um, I know. I know. God what you're talking about. 
damn it. People are screaming at their phones right now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Unforgiven? Unforgiven. Yeah. Thank you. I thought it was like a hard, harder, harder one. <sighs> no, I just couldn't get it. It just wasn't there for me. I didn't take Alpha Brain today. Sicario. <laughs> just kidding. That's a reverse commercial. I didn't take Alpha Brain. Now I'm stupid. Um, <laughs> but that movie was, that was like the end. It was it was such a good. It was almost like he was wrapping up a story. Like he had to do these movies when he was younger, and he had a version of the West that sure. was very cartoonish then, in a way, and maybe even missing, you know, missing some beats of reality. They're nineteen seventies movies, right? Mm -hmm. And then he made a real one. And in this one, this one's harsh. Mm -hmm. This one's harsh, and this one yeah. gets you a feeling like you it, what it really would be like. To live back then. Oh my God! Think about what it smelled like. Oh, oh. <laughs> like all these brothels and How disgusting people. Breath? Yeah. Oh my God! Their breath. Out of their fucking heads. Let alone like like going to a whorehouse. Oh. <laughs> Everyone people, had to be disgusting. Everyone's dying of syphilis. Oh my God. Oh no, it, it's really. You know, they say that that's what happened. Europeans came over to America and um, uh, got syphilis and brought it back to Europe. Oh. Yeah. That's like the, during the 1400s when all those dudes were wearing the wigs because they <laughs> right, they right, had right, like right, holes right. in their heads because syphilis. Yeah, well, that's over the vajaj. They had one of those too. <laughs> but those those people vajaj. got it. They got it from here. <laughs> Apparently, that's the theory. The theory that is was they their super it, bug. Joe. Yeah, <laughs> they brought it over to them. It's it's uh that's the scariest thing you think about like 90 percent of the people in this whole continent were killed by disease oh, yeah. over a small period of time well, i think that's where this like survival of the fittest came in like you had to fight to live and you were in a, in a covered wagon trying to uh what have a better life than wherever you were coming from and you probably didn't know what kind of dangers lay ahead fuck no they didn't really tell you that well no no i mean like <laughs> Imagine all the animals that were omnipresent all oh, over this yeah. country that aren't like you don't you don't have bears in in you know California and well you still do but yeah if one of your like, horses gets taken out in the middle of the night by a wolf wolves Oof. tigers or cougars oh. rather not tigers oh. jaguars they had were jaguars, jaguars? Oh my yeah God. They, there's jaguars still in America. They show up in Arizona. Oh yeah, no, they, very there rarely. There were tons of cougars, or cougars and jaguars the same thing, or they're very no, no, no. Different? Jaguars a South American animal, and it's, right, right, it's right, a right, right. really big cat. Right, jaguars are bigger like, than a cougar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think are jaguars. I don't think they have them. I think Florida has a puma, and it's a it's a mountain lion basically. It's a okay. mountain lion that lives in Florida, and they, they unfortunately a lot of them get hit on the highways. I've seen it. Yeah. I've Have seen you? dead ones. Yeah. Really? I've seen dead ones. Yeah. In Florida? No. I, I, Montana. I oh, think yeah. I, one was in Montana. I've seen two. But like, I mean, you yeah. you could see it. It was clearly a big cat. Yeah. But. I've seen them in the wild on three occasions. One, Ooh. two occasions. It was very briefly. And they were both pretty small. One mm. of them uh, was in the woods in Colorado. One of them was on the street in uh, Montecito. No shit. Uh, yeah. I saw this thing and I thought it was a coyote for a second. And I saw the tail. I was like, oh shit, that's a cat. Wow. It was a big cat. Not a big cat. Like 60 pounds, something like yeah. that. And then I saw one in Utah a year ago that was about 180, oh 190. Oh my God. It was huge. <laughs> it was big. Were you far away? Yeah. I was 30 yards away and I was inside of a truck. <laughs> so, But Good. it was chilling. 
I was looking through the glasses at it. I had uh, put up binoculars, so I was like looking. It was only 30 yards away, and I'm looking. I'm like right on top of it with the binos. They're really good binoculars, and it is huge. It has this giant pumpkin head because it's got all these muscles (laughs) on the side of its head for crushing things. I mean, this is a big tom. And it has enormous paws and forearms. That's what I noticed. Like the forearms were enormous. They're these big, thick, like rope-like things that take out elk. And it's just sitting there like that underneath this tree looking at us. We were like, holy shit. So when you're hunting, I mean, you're susceptible. Oh, yeah. So what do you, like, are you, I mean, obviously you hunt with other people. Yeah. Generally, I use at least, going with at least one guy. Most of the time it's one guy and me. That's it. Yeah. That sounds like you should get more guys. You should be with at least four. Nope. You make too You're much dad. noise. You make too much noise. <laughs> you can't get too much smell and too much movement and too much noise. You want to do it with the minimum amount of people possible. So, too much smell. So, do you like, are you aware of like what you like, doesn't matter wash what, with it that doesn't, day it won't and work. stuff? Are you trying to, no? Won't work. Their, their noses are too good. Wow. It's, it's so insane, their sense of smell. It's all about finding where the wind is going. So what you do is you carry this little wind checker with you. So it's like a white powder, like talcum powder, uh-huh. and you puff it in the air, and it shows you which way the wind is blowing. Okay. And so if the wind is blowing that way, we're going that way, because that way the wind is in our face, and the animals aren't going to get our scent. They're go- our, their scent's going to come towards us, but we're, they're not getting our scent. But if they do get your scent, you're fucked right. from hundreds of yards away. Right. Hundreds of yards away, they pop up, and one of them will bark, or Woo! and then they fucking take off. Wow. They make noises. They woof. Different animals do different things. Have you had any, like, um, scary run-ins with things I haven't had any scary run-ins with things other than in Alberta. I did see a grizzly bear, and that was a very different. And it wasn't a big one either. It was like a six-foot bear, which is not big for grizzly bears. But it was the, the way it looked at me was so much different than anything that I've ever seen in the wild. It looks at you like this. Like black bears, I've seen black bears in the wild, and they look you like this. Like, what are you? Are you gonna eat me? Are you gonna? Are you? Are you food? Or am I gonna eat you? Or are you gonna eat me? Right. <laughs> right. They're a little nervous. Grizzly bears don't look at you like that. They look at you like this. <laughs> like right at you. Am I gonna eat you? He was trying to think if she eat me. And we had shotguns, and so. Uh, Do you have a handgun too. Not at the time. I feel like you should bring a handgun. Probably a good move when you're bring a shotgun bears. and a handgun. Just because you're move. my friend and I love bring you. Armor and shit. <laughs> <laughs> probably should not be there. This is more but, me worrying about you. <laughs> but learn, just looking at them eye to eye and thinking this is a thing that's taken out yeah. moose. Yeah. This, this thing's out, you know, eating moose calves and shit. And, yeah. And cannibalizing other bears too. They eat each other a lot. <sighs> I like to fall asleep to like planet Earth. Stuff Ooh. like that if I'm anxious, but I have to avoid the, the, the hardcore parts, you know, where basically bears and, and like tigers. Because it, it just gets, it's too intense. And, it, and it's like, intense. I'm trying to relax, but then my heart rate goes up. But <laughs> You know what might be more intense? What? But we're just not looking at it at scale. It's praying mantises. <laughs> they might be the most evil motherfuckers on earth. I went down a praying mantis <laughs> rabbit hole this morning. Did you see one? <sighs> no, I was watching a fucking uh, Instagram reel. And uh, it had this praying mantis that was destroying like a caterpillar, just holding it and just eats the whole thing. I mean, it's almost as big as it. And it consumes the whole thing. Then she kills her lover. Is that what they do? Oh, yeah. Praying mantises do that? Yeah, they they kill their mate. They mate with them and then they they eat them. That's a black widow thing too, right? No, I don't think so. I think that's a praying mantis thing. I thought the black widow, that was like the whole thing. 
Jamie. She kills the dad. <laughs> like, fuck you, bitch. I'll raise my own kids. No, I think I think they like go off and he's like, Here's here's your baby. Bye. Take care of it. Really? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Uh, but no, praying mantis uh Myth. myth. When black widow spiders <laughs> mate, the female always kills and eats the male. Fact. This myth, which is not totally false, but very far from true, <laughs> is believed mean? even by scientists and can be found in many ecology textbooks. Okay, but if it's not totally false, it's like, it's like do you eat your husbands? I don't eat all my husbands. Sometimes they... That's the same with praying mantis. They do a good job and they're polite. I let them live. But I've seen it. Like, I've seen them. Like, they make, they kind of stick together and then all of a sudden one of their heads is gone. You know what's like, the most evil? What? Octopuses. What? Because female octopuses are larger than the males <gasps> and they'll have oh. sex with the males until they decide they don't want to anymore and then they often kill them and eat them. That is unfortunate. So the male might <laughs> successfully breed with the female like 13 times in a row. And he's going back for lucky 14. Oh She's like, God. not today, bitch. <laughs> you worn out, you're welcome. And she kills him and she eats him. Yeah. But That's he died real. doing what he loves. Good point. <laughs> Solid point. I mean, what a ruthless world that is. And you want to complain about pronouns? <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's what I'm saying. This whole time. You're not a plural. <laughs> that was one of my favorite uh, Dave Chappelle's when he was talking about, uh, like, they're coming for you. And he's like, well, they, they, or they. Like, he's trying what? to figure out which they's were coming for. Did you, did you know the Black Widow's venom liquefies its victim and it sucks it up? That is, oh my God. That is terrifying. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because this article says that it, that's exactly what it does to its male bread. I just oh. read through the whole thing, and it's kind of like... It Feast on sometimes. males after mating with them and liquefy their prey. What the fuck? If that's the case, that other per person sounds like a Black Widow apologist. <laughs> well, this star, I read through the whole thing. <laughs> Didn't they? <laughs> Very much so. Like, no, well, sometimes it's true. You gotta say well, something let's nice. Let's not focus on that. Let's focus it's on how good bad. they are. It's not all bad. Let's look how at the bright side. How good they are raising Black Widows. <laughs> They're so successful. They've infiltrated the community. They're under all your pool mattresses. <laughs> Spiders apparently do it, not just black widows. Oh, they all There's do it. There's a lot of spiders oh, that do that. Oh, Jesus. The, that insect world, that's what I'm talking about. That is the motherfucker of worlds. Yeah. And that praying mantis is the motherfucker of the insect world. They just hold on to bees. They catch bees, and they're like, nah, bitch, I'm just going to eat you head first. They eat them asshole first. Like, they have bees. It's ruthless out there. I, I don't know what to tell you. Find a <laughs> video of a praying mantis eating a wasp. They just kill wasps. And when they do them, they're like, you like, I've known people shit. that kept them as pets, which I thought Praying was- mantises? Yeah. Which look I at that. Just eating a bee. Like, look at that. What the fuck, man? You almost feel sorry for the bee. They're like, the it's bee is closer. Lunch. Don't you, aren't you on team bee right there? Because the bee is like furry. He's kind of like us. I'm always on team bee. We need them. I love honey. But look at this evil motherfucker. Just eat his head. <laughs> just grab that bee from behind like he's Hoist Gracie and eat his fucking head. <laughs> They look, look like aliens. Their, oh, they're so scary. Now look at look at that AB between your uh, light thing, whatever. Is that a clock? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then this guy. Do you imagine if that thing was as big as an ostrich? I mean, I guess I am now. And <laughs> You know how fucked we'd be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All that stuff is super scary. Otherworldly. You know, aliens. It, it, it's just like you, these are all aliens just on a micro level. It would be like a quiet place. <sighs> like that movie? A real life version of that movie. That's what that would be. Would I'm not ready for it. Praying mantises chasing us down. What is that little jewel figuration on its forehead? That's Thanos' jewel. 
If he gets all five of them, he grows to the size of a giraffe and kills everybody. Okay. <laughs> the three simple eyes. His eyeballs up there. What are those things to the left and the right? Super eyes? Oh my God. He has compound <laughs> eyes and simple eyes. He's a murderous predator. You ever see him kill hummingbirds? No, I didn't know they did that. That's yeah, so sad. That's know. awful. Yeah, go to um, Praying Mantis Kills Hummingbirds. No, I don't want to see that. No, no I love wild. them. No. They, they, they stay around bird feeders. Uh, but we just need to know how ruthless these things are. Because you would think there's no way. They're not big enough. Why do we enough. need to know? Watch this. Watch no, this. No. Look at it there. This is so crazy. So it's just sitting there. Bam. <gasps> and the bird has no feet? idea. Do they have sticky feet? How no, does it they get have bird? talons. Jesus. They pierce the fucking body cavity of that thing with talons and then just drag it up towards it oh, and slowly God. consume it. And they do it all the time. This is not like, uh, oh, I'll try eating that. No, I'm they eat. Very... Look at it. He's just taking chunks out of the fucking hummingbird. Why are you making me watch this? Dude, they're fucking ruthless. <laughs> I don't want to see it. Look is he going to eat that little He's going to eat a mouse. mouse? Watch this no. shit. They eat mice. Oh, hello, little mouse. I'm just a stick. Don't mind me. Bam, oh. bitch. Look at that. That is a fucking super predator. Imagine something that could take out something that's quite a bit heavier than that. Oh, my God. Because the mantis is way lighter than that fucking well, mouse. Well, they're kind of reptilian in that way. Like, a reptile can eat all these... Th- no, oh, no, it's no, they eat, eat reptiles. No, but I'm saying, like, like, they eat things that are, like, three times as big as they are. Oh, yeah, I get that. I guess, yeah, reptiles do that. I'm but, a big fan I of the videos where the uh, birds of prey are struggling with a snake, and then they, they get away <laughs> and they live. Because I love birds. <laughs> I think insects are scarier than reptiles and lizards. Insects are like the lowest form of evil. This they make is... them look like flowers. Yeah, they can color themselves to, like, they can look like anything. No, that is that is absolutely horrifying. Look at that. that thing is pure white like it, the leaves it it's like sitting on. It looks like a cockatoo. On, and it's just destroying things. And look at that. It looks just like a flower. And then you go over and land, and it's like, oh, come on over. I'm ready. I'm your friend. And come on, right here. Here's a good spot for you to land. <laughs> if you land, I'm just a flower. I'm definitely not a, a murderous, predatory, raptor-like insect. Raptor. Bam! Got you, bitch. He tried. Didn't get him. That was a mistake. That's a lot of movement. <laughs> so this thing is like picking up on movement and just trying to find the right time to explode. They're fast, too. Have you ever seen them, like, move? They, when does it get it? It keeps trying. They can run. So this is interesting that it's not always successful. Oh, I got it there. So where'd he get it? Oh, right there. It just, oh, my God. Jesus Christ. It's holding it like a baby that it's They're eating. so ruthless. <laughs> it's, it's such a ruthless insect. Oh, my God. And they're fascinating to see in the wild because you, you look at them, and they really are different than all the other insects because they're a predator of insects. Like the predator right, right, of the right. ones that we're all scared of, like bees. And they're like, I'm scared. So Why are we scared? scared? Of you I'm all. not scared of bees. Are you scared of bees? Because they'll kill you if none of them bite you at once. <laughs> Don't you remember the killer bees? Everybody's worried about Africanized killer bees. I'm not worried about them. I think they're okay. I, I, I like flowers. Those are gnarly looking things. Is that real? Whoa. What the fuck? What are those things? I think they Is have a different kind of mantis. On. That's a mantis with a costume. They're cosplaying mantises. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like it, but it's... No, no it that's totally a real. Does. That seems like some sort of a real bug. I don't think it's a mantis, but it's something. It's a mantis channel. Oh, it's a kind of mantis, maybe? Man, it's got mantis uh, appendages. He's like, Jamie's an insect doctor. Yeah, it's uh, whatever it is. Yeah, we're lucky they're little. 
That's all I'm saying. You're going to be okay. I am. Are you? I think so. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we're all going to be fine. But I do think that we're, <laughs> we legitimately are going to become something different than we are now. Just like we are different than Little House in the Prairie. We are different. Sure. We're a different <clears throat> thing. We're a different thing. And that, that thing that made us a different thing is just the beginning. It's just the tip of the iceberg. I guess we'll see. We're going to see. <laughs> I think we're going to be okay. But we're not. Those, it's the real devil. That's the real devil? Look at those. Devil Mantis. Devil Mantis. It looks very suggestive. Look at that. Is that? Oh, that's its. Okay, I thought that was its uh, oh, other they're, side. They're up in like a defensive pose. Like they're trying to strike. Dude, no, I haven't seen that. Those are weird looking. Just movies. imagine if that's as big as a giraffe. I'm, I'm good. You know, I, I've seen the movies. I've, yeah, we, we watched Predator recently. That was, uh, and you know, Predator was passionate about Did you see their the new killing. One? Which one? Prey. I think so. The, the Comanche girl. No. It's good. Oh yeah. You gotta, okay. you gotta settle into it. Suspension of disbelief, very important. <laughs> Again, Predator. But fun. One, one of those moments where. Um, uh, Schwarzenegger's character was like about to smash his head with a rock and then he's like even though this guy this thing killed all his friends and he's like you know what I think I'm gonna let you live and then the thing tries to kill him again like why not just smash him with the rock <laughs> hmm. why give him that second chance what's the point plot line Boo. didn't like it I'm exhausted at that point <laughs> I want to see this thing dead. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> you like the new one. The new one's cool. Okay. It's about the Comanches. Okay. The Comanches fight, oh, so it's fight like, the predator. Oh, it's so yeah. uh, it's a period piece? Yeah. Okay. It's a, a girl Comanche fights oh, I like the predator. That. Cool, cool. It's cool. good. Yeah. Bring it on. I was like, come on. <laughs> but it's pretty good. It's fun. It's fun. That's, uh, you know, if aliens really are visiting us, that's the least of our concerns. They're hunting us. Oh, yeah. I think we, we, we literally be with, like, If they were hunting arms. us, we would probably be gone by now. Yeah. I think at this point they're just studying us and... I think for sure they're studying Figuring us. out what the hell is wrong with us. I think for sure there is something from another world that observes us. And I think it makes sense. If, if, there, if there are a thing that are that advanced that's out there, why wouldn't they keep an eye on us? And if there is a thing, they would understand how fragile our fucking little psyches are. Why would they let themselves be known? I think there's a slow trickle of information as our technology expands and we'd be able to track things better and better radar systems and they're getting more and more data. And I think that's how it's supposed to be. I think that's how we're supposed to figure. It's not like they're going to land on the White House lawn. Hello, we are here with wisdom. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think we're going to slowly become more and more aware of their existence because we're slowly going to have better and better systems that pick up things on Sometimes, Earth and other places. I'm not sure if there's a difference between like God or that idea. Like what's Well, here's the thing. If that idea, if 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 human beings create a cyborg and that cyborg is infinitely more intelligent than a human and the cyborg invents a better cyborg and it keeps going until someone gets to a point where they control black holes they can create new universes right, that right. is a god right maybe that's what the creative force of the universe is going through us maybe the idea that you are god it sounds so fucking we just crystals. watched that 90s movie event horizon which is that oh well that was the horrible one it that was, was the one that, very when, scary yeah that was a good scary I did not... sci-fi movie that was a good By movie. the end, I was like, I needed to go take a walk Sam in the Neil, sunshine. Sam Neill, 
Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Solid movie. Yeah. No, that's that's a, that's a good movie. That was like a wormhole movie. They went through a wormhole and satanic shit happened. Yeah, dun, it was dun, like dun, the dun. underside of the. Yeah. It was hell. It was hell. But I think if human beings can do what we can do, being these weird primates and these weird uh, talking animals that have figured out how to manipulate our environment and integrate with technology in a crazy way that no other animal's doing, it just seems to make sense to me that that if you could stay alive for a thousand years or a hundred thousand years, if human beings continue to evolve and stay alive, they will eventually assume the power of gods. I think that's what they're trying to do. Like We already have the ability to kill everyone on the planet. If this stupid shit with Russia and Ukraine, if this goes down to the point where like nuclear weapons are exchanged between countries, there's enough nuclear weapons to kill everybody. I don't everybody. think it's gonna be them, I think it's gonna be China. Why would you think that? A lot of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I have to pee so badly. Okay. Should we wrap this up? <laughs> we should wrap so this up. We've done so many hours. <laughs> We're obliterated. It was great to see you, my friend. Oh, Always. so good to see you. <laughs> um, tell people your um, uh, social media, yeah, your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have an uh, actually this audio tree session coming out November 3rd, which is tomorrow. Um, and... That is a uh, video recorded live performance that's streamable on Spotify and Apple Music and all that stuff. But I'm um, Suzanto, S-O-O-Z-A-N-T-O, on uh, Instagram and Facebook and all that shit. And if Twitter. someone, what's the best way for someone to get your music? I mean, you want to buy, buy it from my website, but you can, is that I'm, the on best all, way? I'm on all the things. Is that yeah. the best way, the website? And sure, what's the website? if you want it. Uh, oh, SuzanneSanto.com. And can they download digital from your website as well? I think so. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> you can just stream it. That's my audio there tree. There you go. Yay. Hey. <laughs> and um, so th is everything listed on your website where people can find all the stuff you've done? It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you, my friend. Thanks Always for having me. You. My pleasure. Fun. It was really fun. It was really fun. <laughs> all right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.